It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live.
Radio. Your show is scheduled to start in 19 seconds. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. Blog Talk Radio. This is True Capitalist Radio. True Capitalist Radio. I am your host, the man they call Ghost. The badass of business. Give him capitalism or give him death. That's it. Period. Broadcasting from his Skyline Office Studios in beautiful downtown Austin, Texas. You sound fruitier than a box of Fruit Loops, for Christ's sake. And now, he'll take it from here. Your host, the prognosticator of prognosticators... The man they call What's going on, folks? And thank you for tuning in with me to this special Baller Friday edition of the True Capitalist Radio broadcast. It's the Baller Friday Christmas edition. All right, Christmas weekend. And, of course, I am your host, the man they call Ghost. And once again, folks, I want to thank everybody for tuning in with me. Before we get started on anything else, I'd like to remind everybody that this is episode number 522, episode number 522 for all the folks that are keeping track and spread this show around like wildfire and let everybody know all over the internet and throughout the world that True Capitalist Radio is live and in effect, and we are live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the official website of the True Capitalist Radio broadcast, and it is blogtalkradio.com slash ghost. That's blogtalkradio.com slash ghost. And, of course, if you have not done so, please follow me on Gab, folks. All right, the last social media with any kind of bastion of freedom of speech. Get on Gab, and you can follow me on there under the name Politics Ghost. All one word, no underscores. Politics Ghost is the name to follow. Now that we got all that out of the way, folks, we got a lot of things to talk about on this Baller Friday Christmas edition here. Obviously, everyone is feeling the effects of the crypto contraction, folks. And uh, between you and me, uh, I, you can pretty much see these things coming. And uh, what I did is I told the inner circle we might be seeing a contraction here. And I've taught the inner circle what to do in case of major contractions of this capacity. And I'm going to let you all in on it in here in just a second. Uh, but I want to go over what we're going to talk about today on this Baller Friday Christmas edition. Uh, we're going to talk, obviously, about President Trump and this major win as he signs in tax reform. Now, I think this is going to be a shot in the arm for the American economy. We're going to discuss that. Uh, we're also going to talk about how the president is going to be spending Christmas in Mar-a-Lago. And before he did so, he signed the tax cut into law. And he also uh, signed 
a continuing revolution. A revolution. Uh, yeah, we're still continuing a revolution here. It's a capitalist one, but a continuing resolution, a CR that Congress was able to pass so that we wouldn't have the government from shutting down. The government was about to shut down tomorrow if they didn't come up with some kind of an agreement to continue uh, government spending. And uh, that uh, CR, continuing resolution, uh, is until January 19, 2018. We're gonna also going to talk about POTUS and the Congress, at least the Republican Congress's agenda for 2018. Uh, now that we've got uh, tax cuts and you know, Obamacare mandates lifted and things of that capacity. We're going to talk about what's on the agenda for the Republicans and POTUS. Uh, we're also going to talk about how Obama allowed Hezbollah to deal cocaine in the United States and funnel the money through used car sales. Well, this just in, folks. I don't know if you all have known, but this just in, off the hot wire, Sessions orders the Department of Justice review after the revelation that Obama allowed Hezbollah to deal cocaine in the United States. So that's just off the hot wire, folks. I'm telling you that right now. Fox News just put it out. And finally, it seems as if we're going to start draining out this swamp. And I, I swear to God, I hope that this uh, DOJ review culminates into something, because I think Barack Obama should be in goddamn prison. He should be in goddamn prison rotting and throwing away the goddamn key on this treasonous communist scumbag. I mean, everything, every policy, everything he ever did destroyed this country. And, folks, I, I don't mean to go off on a small rant here, but take a look at the archive, all right? Blogtalkradio.com slash ghost. Every one of my episodes is time-dated and stamped. And I was talking about how this man was destroying the country and how it wasn't hard to bring the country back. And, folks, everything I've ever advocated on this broadcast for the past 10 years, because I've been broadcasting for 10 years, everything that I've ever advocated, this president is making into law. And why is he doing it? Because it's the right thing to do. If you care about this country, if you love the continuity of America and want it uh, passed down to your children, your great-great-great-grandchildren, it's the right thing to do. I'm telling you, thank God Donald Trump is president. I'm telling you, it was eight years of hell under Obama, having him destroy our country, and now it's all coming around to roost. And not to mention, folks, I want to talk a little bit more about some of these black operations that uh, Barack Obama has been exposed in either culminating, covering up, etc. I want to go back in time later on in the second hour. I want to talk about Fast and the Furious because I'm starting to, and, and, and many people that are uh, into the underground of black operations, they're starting to understand that Fast and the Furious was not, and I repeat, was not what Eric Holder, the Department of Justice, and Obama said it was. It was not to, we're going to give the cartels, the Mexican cartels, our guns so we can track them under Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that's what they claimed that they did. They claimed that they gave the Mexican drug cartels the guns so that they could track where the guns went. And obviously they didn't track them because one of them ended up at the damn scene of a murder of a Border Patrol agent. But is anybody talking about that? No. 
I'm going to be honest with you folks. I believe something very different about Fast and the Furious. We're going to talk about there. Uh, I want to also talk about uh, how we even got to this point where you've got an administration, a liberal Barack Obama administration facilitating, aiding, and abetting international terrorism. All right? Anyway, we're going to talk about how the U.N. actually voted to force POTUS to rescind his recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital. And let me tell you, I love what Nikki Haley said. I love what the president said. We're taking names of you bastards. And let me tell you, you stupid countries out here that thought that you could get in this U.N. vote to thumb your nose at America, we're cutting your funding, you damn ungrateful pieces of crap. You see, this is what being a grateful country giving free aid to countries that can't even feed themselves because they're so goddamn incompetent and corrupt, this is the kind of thanks we get. This is the kind of thanks. And I'm glad that Donald Trump is going to take back some of this funding to these stupid, ridiculous countries that are ungrateful for getting it to begin with. Piece of crap. Anyway, we're also going to talk in the third hour about Saudi Arabia and Iran. Is it on the brink of World War III, baby? I think we're we're getting close. And what did I tell you, folks? After the Syrian bombing, remember when uh, Donald Trump sent in some air raids and bombed a few cosmetic bombing locations in Syria, and all these alt-right idiots and all these people were like, oh, my God, he's a neocon. Oh, he betrayed us. No one was defending Donald Trump. You had people that were on the Trump train hopping off because, oh, he's a neocon. Oh, Folks, I was on this broadcast right after that telling you idiots that were bitching and moaning. I was telling you all, hey, calm your ass down. First of all, those Syrian strikes stroke, it struck nothing, all right? They struck Iranian positions, first and foremost, and secondly, an empty airfield. It was a cosmetic type of air attack because, remember, the globalists were trying to goat Donald Trump into a confrontation with Bashar al-Assad, which is backed up by Russia and Iran, to, uh, for, for these chemical weapons that obviously were fake. All right? The second fake chemical attack these globalists, these United Nations bastards, have tried to pull over the wool over people's eyes out here. And all you got to do to see that these goddamn chemical attacks in uh, Syria were fake, take a look at the damn B-roll footage that came out of Syria and notice that the, the people that are sick and supposedly under the gas and all that crap that are, that are dead, whatever, these pound, uh, mounds of people, notice the people helping those that are afflicted by the chemical gas are not wearing anything. They're not wearing anything. They have no gun. They have nothing. It's fake. It's bullshit. crap. And you see, Donald Trump, all he did was some clearly cosmetic bombings that really accomplished nothing other than, remember, right after he bombed Syria, all of a sudden, the media started talking a little bit differently there for a second. Remember that? Remember that? And all and Donald Trump did, I mean, this is, folks, I'll talk about it later, but, but wake up, all right? After that Syria bombing, what did I say that the new objective of America's foreign policy was? And you can look back in the archive, I said it, and for all you folks that have been listening to me for a long time, you know I said it. 
I said that the new foreign policy objective of America's foreign policy in the Middle East was to pit Saudi Arabia against Iran into an eventual confrontation that'll do one, it'll kill many birds with one stone, first and foremost. First of all, it'll have all these jihoodis that are out here in the Middle East that got a hair up their ass for jihad to go ahead and practice it amongst themselves, all right? They're literally just killing these jihoodis or killing themselves off. That's killing one bird. Another bird is that both of these idiots are going to bankrupt each other trying to kill one another, all right? I mean, there's just, I, I mean, I, look, I'm going to talk about it later, but all I'm saying is, folks, I was the first one to tell anybody. I'm always the first one to say a lot of these things. No one gives me any goddamn credit. But I was the first one to say that the new foreign policy to, for the Trump administration was to pit Iran and Saudi Arabia into a confrontation in which I just discussed, you know, killing a whole bunch of birds with one stone there. And that's exactly what happened, isn't it? I mean, look back in the archive, folks. I have all my shows time-dated and stamped, and I said it. Let me continue going. We got, we're going to talk a little bit about North Korea and I'm starting to believe, folks, if you want my opinion, that the probability of the United States striking North Korea is starting to get very, very high. It's starting to get very high. And the reason I'm saying that, folks, is, well, I'll tell you in the third hour. Let's just put it that way. But I think that the probability of North Korea being hit by the United States is getting higher by the day. And I'll, I'll explain why in the third hour. If we have enough time, we're going to get to these last things. We're going to talk about Spain. It has a $2.7 billion Christmas lottery. Can you believe this? This is how you can get goddamn rich and, and, and cuckold connoisseur socialist Europe. All right? Oh, uh, you know what? We have opportunities in, in socialist Europe. What are you talking about? We've got a Christmas lottery. What a joke. A $2.7 billion Christmas lottery. And you know what really... I mean, I'll get to this in a second, but or in the third hour, but you know what really makes me sick about this is that you know as well as I that this is nothing more than a government racket. That's all lotteries are. It's another means for the government to raise money off the goddamn impoverished uh, of, of the working poor, of people that really are have more uh, – who, who can be susceptible. Let me put it lightly, okay? Who can be susceptible – to actually believing that they could participate in a lottery ticket system in which you have a higher possibility of being struck by lightning in your home than you do winning this crap. But you see, Spain, they make it a country Christmas special in which everybody in Spain ain't doing it to end nothing anyway. What is it, 30% unemployment for uh, Spaniard youth out there? You know what I'm saying? I mean, give me a break. $2.7 billion lottery. And you know how much this crap costs? 200 bucks a ticket. Oh, good. give me a break, man. This is cuckold connoisseur socialist Europe, man. This is what they call economic opportunity in Europe. And you know what the, the worst part about it is? You know that this, this, I mean, what's the taxation in Spain? Like 70%, 80%? I mean, whoever wins this lottery is the sucker. I mean, they're going to probably have to give 80% of it to the government anyway. It's a scam. It's a racket. But, of course, you know, try to tell these cuckold connoisseurs in Europe this, and, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Anyway, last but not least, I want to talk about 
speaking of cuckold connoisseurs, Canada's, uh, the, the, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, I want to talk about this son of a bitch because only in cuckold connoisseur Canada, only in moose humping Canada, can an incompetent, stumbling, mumbling little jerk like Justin Trudeau can get away with the type of garbage he's getting away with, with this ethics violation that we talked a little bit about last uh, Wednesday. Uh, I mean, you know what? You Canadians make me sick. With all due respect, I've got some Canadians in my inner circle. Don't get me wrong, those guys are capitalists. And believe it or not, i got a few of them trying to get into the United States legally. All right? I mean, they're having to pay all kinds of money. They don't want to be a part of cuckold connoisseur Canada anymore. I mean, one of, the, one of the gentlemen that's in my inner circle, not only does he live in Canada, he was a part of Canada's freaking special forces, man. Like military, Canada's special forces, and he wants to get the hell out of Canada because what Justin Trudeau has done to that country, for Christ's sake. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I mean, good God, do you all, I hate to keep reiterating this, but do you Canadians know that Justin Trudeau sold all of your gold reserves? Because you all had a very substantial gold reserve. I don't know if you know this. He sold it all so he could fund this stupid importation of ISIS into your country. And that's a fact. And what are Canadians doing? Oh, it's okay, eh? You know, it's okay. We're progressive, eh? You know, we're progressive. Don't be a hoser. We're being progressive. We're being like a melting pot, like the guys over there down there south, like the Yankees. Stupid Canadians. Anyway, look, we're going to try to talk about all that here in the next three hours. Hopefully we get around to it. If not, well, we'll, we'll, try, we'll try our best. Let's just put it that We'll try our damn best. Anyway, folks, I'm sure you're well wanting to know what in the blue hell is happening in the crypto markets. So go ahead. Let's talk crypto. Now, what have I always said about the crypto markets, folks? That they're, it's very, very volatile. And the reason it's so volatile, folks, because it's the purest form of free market that you could possibly have. There is no regulation. You don't have, you know, FTC, SEC, all these uh, vowels and all these, these, these alphabet bureaucracies. You know, you, you don't have these alphabet bureaucracies looking over everything because, you know... What these Wall Street guys, what they criticize about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and the markets that we partake in is that it's not stable. There's no stability in the markets, and only a socialist pompous-ass jerk-off would say something like that. Because the only reason that we have somewhat stability in the markets is because the government in the stock market has out-regulated the average person from investing in it on their own. I, that's why I told you all last year that the only people that are in the stock market right now are fund managers. All right, I mean that's the majority of the investment community in the stock market. Hedge fund managers, mutual fund managers, retirement fund managers, all these people are the ones that are the majority of the investment community in the stock market. Now in the crypto market, folks, it's a completely different animal. It's a completely different animal because, first and foremost, uh, a lot of the folks that are in this market are not necessarily savvy investors. And I've said this time and time again, they're a bunch of computer dorks. All right? I hate to say this. Sorry. And, hey, look, I mean, 
I'm not saying that everybody that knows something about the computer is a dork. I'm, you know who I'm talking about. You know, they're four-eyed. You know they're eating Pop-Tarts while they're on the damn computer. You know, they're dorks, computer dorks. I mean, the guys that are the big-time Bitcoin millionaires right now are the original dorks that decided that they were going to mine and collect this stuff when no one was paying it any attention. And that's, that's been another criticism of Bitcoin as well of mine, is that there is a far and few small amount of hands that own large quantities of Bitcoin. And at any time, like we saw during the, uh, the attempt at the Bitcoin cash run-up, in an attempt to kind of have Bitcoin cash overtake Bitcoin, uh, what could happen is these you know, few hands that have lots of Bitcoin could just sell off and cause a major crash in the market. And that's been my biggest criticism of Bitcoin is that, I mean, you know, there's small amounts of hands that own good portions of, I'm talking like tens of thousands of coins kind of capacity. And that's been my biggest criticism. Now, not to get off the subject, folks, we are having a contraction. Now, why are we having a contraction? Well, first and foremost, folks, uh, we're having a contraction because the dollar is gaining value. Now, we recently had, I think it was on December 9th, Janet Yellen increase the uh, interest rate. And you know I was a little bit skeptical that maybe Janet Yellen was going to be a little bit of a woman scorned because she wasn't going to be the Federal Reserve Chair anymore and was going to raise the damn thing about three points because that would have put a wrench in the market. But instead... It was nothing more than another gradual love tap of 0.25%, which was pretty much factored in the market to begin with. But just based on the increases that we've been gradually seeing throughout this past 2017 alone in interest rates is gaining value of the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is actually gaining in value. Now, when we look at cryptocurrency, especially us here in the West, we look at cryptocurrency in the value of USD, which is United States dollars. Now, when United States dollars are not very valuable because, for whatever reason, let's say we were still in the Alan Greenspan, Ben Bernanke days, and you just continue to print money and print money and stimulus packages and, and uh, quantitative easing and, and the twist and all those stupid economic mumbo-jumbo jargon that they pulled off throughout the past 20 years, let's just say for the sake of argument they were still doing that right now, that they were still running the printing presses and printing out dollars like they were going out of style. Well, by default, folks, there would be an increase in cryptocurrency because that's how we get the value of cryptocurrency because let's just say for the sake of argument we saw today – Bitcoin go to around 10 grand, believe it or not, hardcore crash in Bitcoin. But for instance, it may be going down in USD, but maybe in Korean dollars, Bitcoin is going up. Maybe in Mexican dollars, they're going up. Remember, cryptocurrency is a global currency. So just because it's going down in USD doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's basically down all over the place. Remember, this is currency, folks. This is not stocks. You know, and these goddamn assholes in the business uh, media are trying to convince you that this is a bubble, 
this and that. Folks, bubbles are equities. They're tangible products. They're not currencies. You understand? There is no such thing as a bubble in currency because currency is based upon how much one would trade for the currency in other currencies. That's why when they say the U.S. dollar has gained in value, they base it on the exchange rates of other currencies. So that's what gains the value of the dollar. So when they compare the dollar to the Japanese yen, when they compare it to the euro, when they compare it to whatever currency, when they say the dollar is gaining value, that's what they're talking about. That it's gaining value amongst all the other currencies in the international community. Now, once again, I've, I've talked about this as it pertains to equities and commodities, but the same is applied here to crypto. If the dollar gains in value, we're going to see a decrease in the value of cryptocurrency in exchange for United States dollars. Is everybody understanding me? When we see an increased value in the dollar, we're going to see a decrease in cryptocurrency because cryptocurrency is money. So if you value your cryptocurrency in United States dollars, then that means that if you see the United States dollar go up in value, then by default, the exchange rate for cryptocurrency in USD is going to go down in value. I mean, the same thing can be applied to equities and commodities. Okay? When the dollar value goes up, prices go down because the dollar has more value, right? I mean, the whole reason why we saw silver back in 2009, 2010 at $60, almost $70 a troy ounce, the reason we saw gold hitting three, almost $4,000 a troy ounce back in 2009, 2010 was because, first of all, we were coming out of an economic recession so you had a lot of speculators going there as a security, first and foremost. But secondly, the printing presses of the Federal Reserve kept printing out money. And they print out even more money, even more money during those times. And that's what happens when you print out money. When there's more outstanding dollars, that devalues the value of the United States dollar. And as a result, that's why you saw an increase in silver and gold during that time. So that's why these prices fluctuate. I, I'm trying to give you guys a very crash course economics lesson, but this is how you apply uh, what ha what's happening here in the cryptocurrency markets to why exactly it's happening. Because no one, no one in the business community right now, no one in the business media is explaining why this is happening and why this happens so often. And there, there's a lot of factors. I mean, obviously, this is a fickle market. we got a bunch of computer dorks, like I said. And whenever they see red, these guys are just like, oh, my God, it's red. Here, here let me move it. Let me, let me move it over here. Oh, my God. I mean, they're really, really fickle. They really don't have an investor gut. They're very fickle. And secondly, folks, it reacts to the value of the U.S. dollar. So if the U.S. dollar is gaining value, which it is, we're going to see a decrease in crypto, especially when you exchange it in USD. 
So if everybody's wondering why this happens, that's why this happens. And that's why I keep telling you folks that in cryptocurrency, the money is in the blockchain technology. Do you understand? That's why these idiots in Wall Street don't understand that. They think this is the stock market. The, the value in cryptocurrency is the, the damn blockchain, what it can do, the flexibility, the quickness of transaction, the circulation, whether or not the cryptocurrency is going to be integrated with other blockchain technologies from the team that actually created it. So that's why I'm saying, folks, there's a lot of different factors to factor in. Remember, a lot of people that are getting into the market right now and that got in late, and let me tell you, there's a lot of people that just got in late that got in. If you got in anywhere in this past week and you made your first purchase on something, you're probably pissed and like, oh, man, it's a scam. Oh, man. Because you don't understand how to invest. All right? Yeah, we're seeing a contraction now, but what have I said? I said long-term investment reigns supreme. Lest we forget that we saw cryptocurrency or Bitcoin in general back in 2010, 2011 go up to about, what, 500 bucks, 600 bucks, almost $1,000, and then it crashed back down to about 100 bucks and stayed at 100, 150 for like four years. Y'all remember that? Five years, something of that nature? And just imagine, I read about an idiot who threw out a computer that had 70,000 Bitcoin in it, and he threw it out because, well, he didn't think that, you know, Bitcoin was going to be worth the crap. Or I don't know why he threw it out. The guy now is so pissed off at himself that he threw it out. He's actually digging up the landfill, all right, the landfill that he may have been thrown into, all right? So as I'm stating, folks, all right, if you're trying to make the quick buck, you'll make a quick buck. But remember, if you want the big bucks, long-term investment reigns supreme. Remember, that's how Warren Buffett became one of the richest men in the world. He's not a day trader. Where was I? I'd like for you all to name me one of the richest men in the world that was a pattern or day trader or a swing trader. I mean, let me, let me tell you, I'm not saying that they don't live lavish. I'm not trying to say that they don't live large, but what have I always said about applying an investment strategy as it pertains to swing and pattern trading? To take the profits and the liquidity based on pattern and swing trading and put them into a long-term investment and don't, don't do anything. Just buy them and just, just have them a part of your portfolio. But you see, most people don't understand that. And you see, that's the bad part about capitalism, because capitalism is freaking complicated, and we have an education system that doesn't teach them anything about it, okay? And that's why on this show, I try to tell you folks how to conduct yourself as a capitalist, because it is easy. You just have to know how to do it. And for all you people that are bitching and moaning and complaining that you can't do it, it's because you aren't trying hard enough. And not to mention, if it was so easy, then it wouldn't be capitalism. If everybody could do it, it wouldn't be capitalism. 
So that's why, you know, capitalism is what you make of it. If you're comfortable with having a roof over your head, car to drive, a very meager living, and you can sustain that with your capitalist prowess, then by all means you're already a rich person. But if you want the big cars and you want the big houses, you know what I mean, you want the Opus X cigars, you want the Johnny Walker Blue Label, and did you see Johnny Walker Blue Label just put out a special edition for yours truly, Johnny Walker Blue Label Ghost and Rare, oh yeah! But if you want to live that lavish you're going to have to take on the responsibility of doing what I do every single day of my life. And that's look at the crypto markets, look at the stock market, diversify your portfolio, think about how you're going to make capital. Do you understand? I live every day, every single day, having to make money. I wake up every day having to make money because I am my own boss. Do you understand? That's it, To me, that's what a capital is, to me. I mean, a capitalist can be whatever you want, just as long as you sustain your own lifestyle and can do so for the long term. But a capitalist, to me, is when you, you don't ever have to call another man boss, all right? I don't call nobody boss, all right? I, I don't call another man boss, all right? I, and I think that is the essence of capitalism to me. There's no boss that could sit here and say, ghost. Get back to work. Hey, ghost, give me some coffee. No, no, there ain't no, I don't, I'm never, I'm never going to call another man boss. And you want to know why? Because I have to wake up every single day and be my own boss. You understand? I have to motivate my own self. I got to kick my own ass to make sure that I make money every single day. And that's capitalism, baby. That's capitalism. Anyway, let's get to some crypto coverage. I hope that you folks understand what I just explained to you about the crypto contraction, because that's exactly what's happening here. And let's also not forget that this is Christmas time, all right? So you don't think people are cashing out some of these profits so that they can buy their bimbo broad, some kind of a ring or something, I don't even think it's a ring anymore. Hey, engineer, is it the new thing to, like, buy a car for a broad or something? Yeah. Uh, the new thing is, because, I don't know, dudes are idiots. I don't know. But anyway, the new thing is, is that you can go to the car dealer, right? And if you drop about three, four grand down, you can literally take a brand new car off the lot under a lease and give it to some bimbo so, so I don't know. So I don't know for what, but you know, I guess to make her think that you care or something. I don't know, but that's the new thing to do. You don't think that's happening here in the crypto markets with all these profits? Come on, come on. You don't think that's what's happening right now in the stock market as well? While the stock market is so flat, everybody's taking profits. What are you talking about? It's Christmas time. Taking some profits. They're going to spend some money. I mean, this is a this is a new Trump America. I mean, this is a land of prosperity again. In 2018, mark my word, you're going to see a whole new America. And I can't wait. Let's talk crypto, all right? Now, once again, I hope that you all understand what's happening here. So let's cover it. Let's talk about Bitcoin. Now, folks, Bitcoin saw a dramatic drop. And the reason that you saw a dramatic drop in Bitcoin is because there's – that's all anybody knows. Anybody who's new in the cryptocurrency market, they're buying this coin. 
And what did I tell you about this coin? I, I don't like it for the long term. This is pure hype. And the only reason that Bitcoin is valued at these rates is because it's at the top of mind on anyone, even people who don't even understand cryptocurrency. They know Bitcoin. And you see, that's why we're seeing such a dramatic drop on Bitcoin, because, I mean, somebody told me in the inner circle that typically what you want to do when you want to sell something off and cash out, when you hear your mother talking about it, get out. All right. And I think that's where we were at with Bitcoin here about this past week is where even Grandma Millie, even on, oh, you hear about that Bitcoin? Oh, my God, Bitcoin, and Bitcoin. When you hear that, get out. I mean, I told you guys that this was not sustainable, man. I mean, what have I told you? Bitcoin has a circulating supply of 16.7 million in circulation. And it got as high to, as almost 20 grand. I mean, that's not sustainable. And like I told you guys, that what makes the value of cryptocurrency is the blockchain technology. Do you understand? That's the value. That's why these idiots in Wall Street don't understand what's going on here. They don't get it. That's why instead of actually partaking in this market and trying to use it, to make profits, although some of them are, but they're not as savvy as many of the folks that listen to this broadcast. I can guarantee you that. They're trying to make derivatives of Bitcoin, you know, like placing bets on whether Bitcoin is going to be up or down today. That's what they're doing with the futures that are being distributed at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. You now have the announcement of the NYSE now, wanting to trade, and I think they're going to trade, ETFs relating to Bitcoin. So that's what Wall Street is doing, because they don't understand this market. They don't understand why these coins are valuable. And I'm telling you why they're valuable. I'm telling you which ones are, and I'm telling you why. I'm giving you guys millions of dollars of information right here. That's why I keep telling you long-term investment reign supreme. And what did I tell you Start when I came back, episode 501? I said that we are seeing the beginning of the end of Bitcoin as the king, as the gold standard for cryptocurrency. And I said that right now what you should do as a cryptocurrency investor is try to find the next Bitcoin. And when you find it and you hold it, and then one day you see, I mean, you see how these things take off. Before you know it, it's like 500, 1,000 bucks. And why? Because of the technology. Because of the blockchain. That's the value, man. That, I mean, I'm telling you, that's where the value is. And you've got to look for these you got to look for these coins, man. You've got you to gotta figure out whether these coins have a future or not. And if they're not just a bunch of crap, because, look, we have crap coins, man. We have crap coins. out. Here. Look, I'm going to cover Dogecoin before I cover uh, Bitcoin, because Dogecoin is the biggest joke of all time. It's a meme coin, all right? Now, if you folks don't know what Dogecoin is, it's D-O-G-E, the symbol. It is literally of a Shiba dog, and, it, and it's, it's like smiling, and that's the goddamn coin. I'm not joking around. And you know what, what, what else is so stupid about this goddamn coin? 
It will never stop mining itself. It will never stop. It'll continue mining and mining and mining forever. And you want to know why this stupid coin has any kind of value whatsoever? It's because these internet morons are buying it because, oh, look, it's, it's a meme coin. <laughs> I mean, this coin has nothing. It has no value. It's a piece of trash. It, I mean, it's a joke. It's an utter joke. And yet, it's number 35 in the top 100 coins as far as, it, as, far as market capitalization is concerned. And you see, this is the kind of crap that you want to stay away from, even though you've got a bunch of idiots buying it because they're a bunch of stupid dork tards, all right? I'm serious. Dogecoin, all right? The market cap on this is $691 million market cap, all right? The current circulating supply, and remember, folks, this is never going to stop mining. It's going to keep producing Dogecoin forever. But the current market capitalization is $112 billion in circulation, okay? 112 billion. Now, why am I bringing this up, folks? Because this this damn thing is worth obviously below a penny. All right, but these morons have been buying it to the point in which you're seeing it go up like 100%. It's just stupid. All right. The only reason I'm bringing this stupid coin up is because this is what I'm talking about you should not invest your money in it's a joke none of these goddamn jokes of coins the, the whatever coin you invest in has to have so there's no there's no value in this coin whatsoever the only value is that i hate to say it the autists and the aspies that are buying it and say ha, i own dogecoin <laughs> and, and for all of you that want to know the price it's point zero zero six one four six cents okay Give me a break. But that's why I'm telling you, you have to understand where the value is and whether or not if, if the coin is going to be worth the crap. I mean, if you're going to be able to use it in the future. If it's going to be around in a couple of years. If, if it has any other components other than a cryptocurrency component. Let's get to Bitcoin, BTC. Current market cap for Bitcoin is 232 mil, a billion, 232 billion in market cap. Of course, the circulating supply is 16.7 million in circulation. In the past 24 hours, it has gone down 9.80%. Current price for Bitcoin, symbol BTC, and it went down to almost 10 grand today, folks, but it's pulling back up $13,882.40 per Bitcoin. Now, in my opinion, I think that we may see another run on this thing. We got too many bag holders, first and foremost, all the way up to about 19,000. Uh, and secondly, uh, I just think that we're seeing a lot of factors that are decreasing the market right now. And I think we discussed them earlier in the broadcast, and I'm not going to go over them again. Look back in the archive if you didn't hear it, all right? Let's go to Ethereum. Now, I promise not to cover this damn thing, but there's so much money being made in it. I mean, I, but remember, this is a communist coin. These people are commies, and it, this is not a long-term investment. And, and, and much how I said about Dogecoin, how it's a ridiculous, dumbass coin that is never going to stop mining itself, I, I think that uh, this is a similar coin, folks. There is no end to Ethereum. There is no total circulation. 
And I, I mean, I guess it's going to mine itself forever. And if that's the case, then the prices that they that Ethereum is now can't sustain itself. And the only reason Ethereum is like the second honcho for uh, cryptocurrency is because of its smart contract technology. All right, it's smart contract technology. Now let's go ahead and get to Ethereum symbol ETH. Current market cap is $65 billion market cap. Uh, the current circulating supply, $96 million in circulation. Once again, folks, I, I, you've got to look at these things. Just because people are buying it doesn't mean that it's going to sustain itself for the long term. If you're going to make some profits, you're going to make some liquidity, get in and out. But this is not a long-term investment. This is not a long-term investment. Anyway, ETH... In the past 24 hours, it has gone down 15.16%. Current price for Ethereum is $679.96 per Ethereum. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that, that's the only thing keeping Ethereum alive, in my opinion, is the smart contract technology. And I have yet to see a successful smart contract other than CryptoKitty, which is ridiculous. It's just utterly ridiculous. Anyway, let's get to Bitcoin Cash. Prior to the contraction, we saw a big time run on crypto or on Bitcoin Cash. That symbol BCH. I mean, it went as high as over five, four grand within the past 48 hours. It has contracted tremendously. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Bitcoin Cash's market cap is 45 billion dollar market cap. Uh, the current circulating supply for Bitcoin Cash is 16.8 million in circulation. In the past 24 hours, Bitcoin Cash has gone down 15.07%. Current price for Bitcoin Cash, symbol BCH, 2,691.93, or actually 2,000, excuse me, 2,000. I'm, I'm off, folks. I'm sorry. I'm multitasking. $2,691.93 per Bitcoin Cash. Now, there's a lot of bag holders on Bitcoin Cash. And I want to be honest with you, folks, that we at the Inner Circle, we found that the transaction speed for Bitcoin Cash is tremendously faster than Bitcoin. So that's a factor to keep in mind. And not to mention, folks, I, I do believe that Bitcoin Cash is mineable through uh, your uh, CPU, I believe. You could, you could mine it with your computer. You don't necessarily need a graphics card, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, let's continue. Let's go to Litecoin, folks, LTC. Now, I'm telling you, Charlie Lee, the guy who created Litecoin, sold off all of his Litecoin because, quote, he didn't want to show a conflict of interest. Now, I want to be honest with you. I, am not, I thought that was a shitty move for Charlie Lee to do, all right? You know as well as I, this guy just cashed out, and now he's a, a freaking, I don't know how I'm a billionaire, a millionaire, whatever the hell he is. All right, and 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 basically cashed out at at the height of of Litecoin's fame. Because I'm going to be honest with you, uh, I just didn't like that man, and I think that's a big cause of why we're seeing a major contraction in Litecoin on top of the the market contraction in general. For you folks that don't know, Charlie Lee, the guy who created Litecoin, sold off all his coins and made sure every business media knew about it. And I think that's what really kind of is screwing this coin here. And I think, Charlie Lee, you're a piece of trash for doing that. And if anybody knows Charlie Lee, I'm going to be honest with you. I respected this dude. You know, I thought he was an innovator in crypto. 
But but him doing that, don't give me this virtue signaling crap that you, oh, well, I didn't want to see him a conflict of interest. Then you shouldn't have never even had them in your wallet to begin with if you didn't want to show a conflict of interest, you scumbag. All right? Give me a break. Oh, I'm going to sell them off all at the all-time highs when they're over 300 bucks. Give me a break, man. I'm sorry. I am not a fan. I, I respected Charlie Lee. I thought he was an innovator. Uh, I mean, he created Litecoin, but for God's sake, don't give me this crap that, oh, I'm, I'm a moral person, and I want to sell my Litecoin so I won't show that I have any kind of conflict of interest. Yeah, shut up. You want to show that you don't have a conflict of interest? Blindfold yourself with dental floss, you piece of crap! <laughs> Sorry, folks, I didn't mean to get off Keister so early in the broadcast, but that was a piece of crap move. That was a move for a piece of crap. And, and I'm a little upset about it, to say the least. All right, give me the mic. Give me the mic. Just to say, just to say the least, not that I have a major uh, investment in Litecoin, I, I'm just thinking, look, Stop acting like you're a virtue-signaling piece of crap, Charlie Lee, all right? All right, stop acting like it. Just say you sold your damn crap because you wanted to be rich and shut up. Because if you want my opinion, I think this is what's tanking Litecoin more than the, uh, than the damn contraction. You piece of crap. And is, if anybody knows Charlie Lee, can you tell him I said that? You tell him I said he's a piece of crap. I respected that guy. Don't get me wrong, but, man, you're a piece of crap. Jesus Christ, man. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm covering Litecoin here, but I I, I just screw you, Charlie Lee, you piece of crap. All right, go stick freaking chopstick up your ass. We got Litecoin, LTC, current market cap is $14 billion market capitalization. Uh, the current circulating supply for Litecoin is 54 million in circulation. In the past 24 hours, it's gone down 14.35%. Oh, God. I, I feel bad for people that are on Litecoin, man. This Charlie Lee, I'm telling you, what a piece of garbage. All right. Litecoin's current price, $263.51 per Litecoin. All right. Now, let's continue going. Did anybody see Dash's run? I mean, good God. Good God. Dash went as high as almost 1800 bucks over this run that we saw over the past week. Let's get to Dash, symbol D-A-S-H. And, and once again, folks, I, I mean, I like this coin. It's got a fast transaction time, but once again, it's just a cryptocurrency. It's It, it, it was... One of the old school coins, to be honest with you. And that's why people like it. And not to mention low circulation. What have I always talked about? Let's get to Dash. Current market cap is $9.2 billion market cap. The current circulating supply for Dash is $7.7 million in circulation. In the past 24 hours, Dash has gone down 14.87% decrease. Current price for Dash... 
$1,186.47 per dash. Good God. Let's continue going, folks. Uh, we've got Monero, uh, and Monero has had a hell of a run. I mean, uh, Monero has had a hell of a run, but you know it was going to contract, and it's contracted accordingly. Let's go ahead and get to it. Monero, symbol XMR, current market cap is four, excuse me, $5.4 billion. Uh, the current circulating supply for Monero is $15.5 million in circulation. In the past 24 hours, Monero has gone down 12.39%. Current price for Monero, $348.95 per Monero. Let's get to Bitcoin Gold because we saw a little bit of a run prior to this contraction on Bitcoin Gold. Let's go ahead and get to it. Symbol BTG. Current market cap is $5.1 billion market cap. The current circulating supply is 16.7 million in circulation. In the past 24 hours, Bitcoin Cash has gone down 20.41%. Current price for Bitcoin Cash is $309.59 per Bitcoin gold. Let's go ahead and get to quantum, folks. Uh, now, we are seeing some contraction on quantum, but you notice it ain't going back to no 12 ain't going back to no 15, it ain't going back, look, I think this, these are buy levels, me and the inner circle are buying as much as we can of quantum, because aside from the January 2nd hard fork, in which if you own 100 quantum, you will get one Bitcoin united, and look, that, that has me and the inner circle speculating on whether or not they, they, and when I mean they, I'm talking the Bitcoin team, if this is why they're incorporating quantum into the hard fork, if whether or not they're going to utilize quantum's smart contract technology or token, because uh, let's be honest, folks, I mean, everyone right now, as far as coins are concerned, as it relates to uh, smart contract-based coinage that is being uh, introduced newly into the altcoin market, they're basically off of ERC-20 tokens, and ERC-20 tokens are Ethereum. It's Ethereum-based. Now, Quantum was a part of the ERC-20 token, but it then created its own token, and now it's not a part of the Ethereum network. It's its own independent token, and now new coinage that may be introduced Will and especially want to have the smart contract technology correlated with it, they're maybe wanting to go to quantum. And as I stated on the last show, I could see quantum overtaking Ethereum like it ain't crap. And if it can overtake, overtake Ethereum based on its smart contract technology and its own independent token, well, then it may take Bitcoin. It may take Bitcoin. Now, I think these are very, very good buys right now, folks. Remember, uh, if you take a look at the ratio at which this hard fork is going to happen, you're going to have one Bitcoin. If you have one Bitcoin, one whole Bitcoin, you're going to get a one whole Bitcoin united. If you have 100 quantum, you're going to get one Bitcoin united. So that puts the price somewhere around 100 to 150 bucks by January 2nd. I mean, why do you think this damn thing is rising, folks? All right? I mean, when I announced that, it was 12 bucks. all right? 
It was 12 bucks. So let's go ahead and cover it now. Quantum, symbol QTUM. The current market cap is $3.8 billion market capitalization. The current circulating supply is $73 million in circulation. In the past 24 hours, it has gone down. It's contracted with the rest of them. 13.76% decrease. The current price for quantum, symbol QTUM, $51.79 per quantum. And I still think these are great buy prices, all right? I mean, if you think that you missed the boat on this, I, I, I beg to differ. I, I, I am long on quantum. I personally believe it could be the next Bitcoin, if you want my opinion. And currently, me and the inner circle are currently trying to fiddle around with the smart contract technology that's integrated into the quantum ignition wallet. And uh, if we're successful in it, we're going to go ahead and try to put it out. So we can finally see a goddamn smart contract work, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, we're going to continue going. Let's, set, let's get to Zcash, folks, all right? Zcash, symbol Z-E-C. The current market capitalization for Zcash is $1.5 billion market cap. The current circulating supply is only $2.8 million in circulation. As I stated, folks, Zcash is an easy $1,000 coin here, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's $1,000 in a month or two, all right? Low circulation, uh, it's got a privacy component, uh, and you got J.P. Morgan backing it up as well. It, it has a substantial stake in Zcash. So with that being said, I like this one here for the next few months. We could definitely see this go to 1000 bucks. I mean, especially at the low circulation, 2.8 million. Give me a break. In the past 24 hours, it has contracted though, 9.69 percent decrease. Current price for Zcash, 551 dollars and 66 cents per Zcash, folks. All right, let's continue going here. Uh, let's get to salt, folks. You all know that I have a considerable amount of salt. That's S A L T. Now, I want to explain to you why I like SALT, because what's going to happen is this. SALT is trying to make a blockchain lending service, a blockchain lending service in which you, as someone who owns cryptocurrency, and let's say you own cryptocurrency right now. Let's say you own quantum, and let's say you own so many quantum, and you got a loan. They'll give you a loan for whatever the quantum is worth, and give you that loan and use the cryptocurrency as collateral. Now, let's say you got a loan for 12 bucks a quantum, and then it shot up to 60 All you have to do is pay back the loan for whatever it was that you got lent at 12 bucks. You get the cryptocurrency back, and boom, you make money. It is a great lending concept, great lending cryptocurrency USD concept. And I think that people need to, you know, kind of take this into consideration for a long-term investment. All right? So let's continue going on. SALT, S-A-L-T, current market cap is $478 million. The current circulating supply for SALT is $51 million in circulation. In the past 24 hours, SALT has gone down 10.68%. 
The current price for SALT, symbol S-A-L-T, $9.24, folks. And remember when I said this was a buy? It was at five and change. Just saying, baby. All right, just saying. All right, I'm going to get a couple more of these, then we're going to move on because we are running out of time, folks. All right, so let's just go ahead and get to uh, let's go ahead and get to 42 coin. You know as well as I, me and the inner circle are the official spokespeople for uh, 42 coin. And uh, unfortunately, you can you can tell that people have taken profits because once again we're seeing negativity in the 42 coin market, but. Still within that range of forty-five to sixty thousand bucks a coin. Let's go ahead and get to it. Forty-two coin symbol forty-two. Current market capitalization is one point nine million dollars, and of course the current circulating supply for forty-two coin is just forty-two coins. That's it. That's why I'm saying the scarcity is in the the value is in the the scarcity. I mean it's definitely a crypto investment. And I've said the three reasons why to invest in it. It's a hedge against these contractions because, as you can see, I mean, it's not dramatically dropping down in which you lose 30, 40 percent. I mean, you've heard some of these contractions. It's ridiculous. Secondly, it's a long-term investment, and I strongly advise everybody who's listening to me to please consider this as a long-term investment, baby. I'm telling you, it will be a million dollar a coin next year, 2018. And third, it is a great swing and pattern trading play, folks. A great, a great swing and pattern trading play in which you can play this damn thing. The swings on it are from 45,000 to 60,000 to 70,000 back to 50,000. That's some pretty good swinging right there, and you can gain some pretty decent liquidity, to say the least. All right? To say the least. So that's why I'm saying the scarcity, that's where the value is, folks. All right? And mark my words, just wait till this damn coin is a million dollars. All right? And I know that some of you idiots, uh, you know, that are in troll land out there, you autists and Asperger's, I like to hear you, oh, my God, it's a scam. It's kind of a scam. You were the same idiots that were saying that back in April and May when I was covering these coins, when, the, when Bitcoin was just 1200 bucks, when Ethereum was just $40, when, uh, when Dash was 60 bucks, all right, when Zcash was at $70, you stupid, dumb, uh, mommy, titty-sucking pieces of nipple clamp loving butt plug up the ass looking fart fragrant expert cheese hole chomping pud pulling pieces of autist trash okay of autist trash you people are just going to sit there and be the absolute pathetic game playing nobodies that you are because once again that's why you're stupid little autist underneath your mommy's skirt and we're capitalists all right and I, and I know, I see that little chat room every now and then. Yeah. Oh, here comes the, 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 the autist spam uh, rant. Uh, the autist spam rant. Is that how you're letting that uh, autism go through your head? Hey, look, I'm going to continue to talk about you dumb autist because I'm the only one that's telling you the truth, okay? You people are useless if you're going to continue to call yourself autistic. Do you understand? You know how to get rid of autism? Just don't call yourself autistic. 
Stop being proud of being a goddamn overgrown man-child, you stupid piece of trash. It's that easy. It's that easy. Stop acting like a man-child. Stupid, dumb, idiot, autistic. Like, like I'm supposed to care. You morons, you get on the Internet all the time. You assholes play games. You assholes know all about Rick and Morty and all the details and all. You gotta be somewhat, you gotta be somewhat intelligent. You have to have an IQ to be uh, uh, understanding Rick and Morty. Stupid man, stupid. And look, I'm not gonna stop talking about autism until you all go away. How you like that, huh? How you like that? You all need to go away. If you all are autistic and aspy and proud, then get the hell out of here. All right. Get the hell out. No one's asking you people to continue to listen to me. And no one's asking you people to listen to me, all right, you stupid, dumb idiots. All right, go suck on your mama's teeth right now, all right? Go tell your mother I said that she's a dumb, dirty, dishrag whore. How about that for, for popping out some kind of autistic piece of titty-sucking crap out of her uterus pipe? You tell her I said that. You go tell you, and I guarantee you, you're, you're, most of you are with single mothers, or if you do have a father, your father is such a cuck that he probably doesn't look like you because you're probably not even his kid. So, yeah, that, I'm just saying, all right? I'm just saying. No one's asking autists to, you know, this isn't Mr. I'm not Mr. Autist neighborhood here, okay? So, oh, my God, he's talking about autists again. If you don't like it, get the hell out of here. Get out. Get out. You people are useless pieces of garbage. And let me tell you, when this goddamn entitlement reform comes along, I'm going to laugh when your stupid autism bucks goes away and then your family is like, well, wait a minute, you're costing us a little bit too much money, Billy. You know, the, the, the Trump administration isn't going to give us any more autism bucks for you, so you're going to have to get the hell off uh, out of our house, all right? I, we know you're 35 years old, all right? We sent you to college. We sent you to graphic school. It's time for you to go out and, and be on your own now, okay? I'm not joking. I'm going to laugh my ass off when you see loser autists homeless on the street talking to themselves and be like, oh, I'm not homeless, I'm autist, I'm not homeless, I'm home free. I'm not homeless, I'm autist, I'm not homeless, I'm home free. So, I'm telling you, I don't like you people. I, I don't know why you keep listening to me. I'm telling you this, I don't like you people. I have no compassion for autists. All right, none. I have no compassion for autists. So get the hell out and stop listening to me. All right, stop listening to me. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't want you people listening. All right? I mean, even these autistic, uh, in real life streamers like Ice Poseidon are getting tired of your autism, man. I mean, you know, I mean, I, and look, I, have you all heard him recently? I mean, this guy's talking about retiring. He's talking about getting a house. He's like, look, dude. He's like, I don't, he, at this point, he's like, I don't even care. I don't even care if I don't have. A thousand people watching me anymore. He's like, I don't want to do all this autistic crap anymore. I'm tired of it. And I don't blame him, man. I don't blame him. I'm not, I'm not joking, man. I'm, I am not kidding. I do not blame him. Hey, Ice Poseidon, add a boy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, screw these autists, all right? 
And I know you're putting on a front, okay? I know he's not really autistic. Have you ever met him? Have you ever seen him? The guy is very reserved. Not to mention he's got a degree in finance, you dopes. All right? So what is he doing? He's taking you idiots for a ride and be like, Yeah, fuck it, dude. CX in the chat, dude. CX in the chat, dude. And he's taking you idiots for a ride, and now, and now he's like, "Look, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be entertainment for tards anymore." He's like, "I don't want to be entertainment for tards." So what I want to do is, I'm going to just take my money and run. So I don't blame him. I don't blame him, man. I mean, I, I look. I, I'm going to be honest, and look, I hate to be candid with you guys, man. I, 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 I entertain this whole goddamn idea of you know, pandering to these autists, you know. I'm telling you, I'm not joking around, okay? And it's my fault. It's my fault for pandering to autists. It's my fault for pandering to man-children who likes cartoons. It's it's my fault, man, and I know. That's why I'm trying to rectify it now, folks, okay? I know there's a lot of folks that listen to me out there that are legitimate listeners that listen to the Crypto Hour. They're making lots of money. They're listening to the stocks. They're making lots of money. They're listening to the politics. They appreciate the commentary, uh, and, and, and look, I know that. I, and I know that through the statistics. I read it on the breakdown of the statistics. I, I, I remember this. I know this. So that's why I'm trying to cater to more of the, the legitimate, the quote-unquote legitimate listener base that I have out here. All right? As a matter of fact, I really appreciate the new listeners that I've gotten from Gab. All right? And if you've taken a look at the Gab followers that I have here, I really do appreciate them because they're genuine listeners. They're genuine people. Many of them are adults. You know, many of them are now middle-aged. They're adult people. They they, they appreciate the commentary. They understand uh, the political commentary. They love the cryptocurrency stuff. And that's who I'm catering to. I'm not catering to autists. I'm like like Ice Poseidon now. All right? Log in, dude. See you in the chat, man. I'm going to retire, dude. I'm going to retire. So, I mean, I'm not going to retire, but I, I am I am going to try to cater less and less. Less and less to, you know, these autistic spurgs out here. I'm, I'm done with them, all right? And I want you all to know I'm done with them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding, all right? Now, I, I, with that being said, I know I'm supposed to have the ghosties. This may be the last ghosties that we'll ever have on New Year's Eve, Okay. That'll be the last because I'm not catering to this. This I'm not. I'm not being entertainment for tards, man. I'm not doing it. All right. I'm. I'm not doing it. I'm not entertainment for tards anymore. I'm not doing it. All right. I'm not doing it. Oh, here comes an autist. Oh, what, what is this? What is this? Listen, there are a lot of people who are against your crap concerning autism spectrum disorder. Oh, okay, okay, what's that? Which includes autism and Asperger's syndrome. These people have a mental disorder, and it's not their fault they were born this way. Oh, God, what is this? What is this virtue signaling crap? The way that people with autism behave and their social disabilities is not their own choice. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I don't want to hear that crap. Yes, it is. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've heard it. Anyway, I'm done with the markets. I'm not covering the stock market. You people don't even get it anyway. 
People barely get crypto, for Christ's sake. All you need to know about the stock market is the reason that it's flat is because, first of all, it's Christmas time. Secondly, the dollar's up. And thirdly, there's more profits to be made in crypto anyway. So what difference does it make? I'm moving on to something else. I'm moving on to something else, for Christ's sake, man. And what what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do gab, shout out, because you tards want to hear it? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Huh? Am I supposed to do gab, shout out? I had some tart here trying to explain to me that, oh, I'm born this way, and now I'm discriminating against autists. I'm not discriminating against autists. I don't like you people. How is that discrimination? I, I have the right to not like whoever the hell I don't want to like. What are you, autists, going to try to take that away from me now? Huh? You're going to try to take that away from me? That I can't like you because you people are idiots? And not just idiots. You people are sick in the head. Because I know for a fact that you autist spurgs, and let me tell you, I'm, 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 I'm not kidding when I say this, folks. They're in chat rooms right now. They're, they're, they are in Asperger and autist chat rooms that are related to this show. I, I'm telling you, there's like a thousand of these damn chat rooms all over the Internet. And there's a bunch of these autists and spurgs in there, okay? All right? A bunch of autists and spurgs in there that literally throw each other's doxes around. And for you people that don't know what doxing is, it's exposing your personal identity, okay? And you should see them in these stupid chat rooms. Oh, yeah, man, I'm going to throw your dox out, dude. And, yeah, I'm going to get your dox. And it's just, a, it's, it's just complete stupidity, man. It's complete ignorance and stupidity. And by the way, I mean, let's be honest, okay? Let's just be honest here. You want to know why that doxing is such a, a bad thing, especially when it comes to these autists and spurgs? Because they don't want to be uh, outed as autists and spurgs. You understand? I mean, they don't want to be outed as living with their parents and, and they don't want their ugly picture. Have you seen a lot of these autists and Spurgs, man? They look disgusting. I mean, they're slovenly. You can tell they don't take baths, you know? I mean, I, I mean I, they're so hopped up on psychotropic drugs that it's destroying their liver, and you can see it all over their face. You know, they got wide eyes, you know? I mean, take a look at their pupils, man. That's all I got to say. Take a look at all these kids' pupils, and you're going to see they're not under their right frame of mind. They are under the influence of psycho, uh, psychotropic drugs, man. And what, I'm supposed to say that this is normal? I'm supposed to be like, oh, this is normal? Give me a break. Uh, is that what I'm supposed to say, that this is normal? No, it's not normal. And I'm not going to sit here and continue to, to pretend that it is. So for you people that are getting offended that, oh, you're calling me bad autism, you're making fun of my autism, and that's discrimination. No, it's not. I don't like you people. All right, me personally. And you want to know where that comes from? That comes from me having to deal with you people all the time when I just want to broadcast. That's it. I just want to broadcast uh, you know, some, uh, some information to people that can make them better capitalists, that can make them better people, uh, give some truth in the political and international affairs of this goddamn uh, place we call uh, Earth. And that's it, man. I mean, I, I don't 
I don't I don't really care if you autist listen or don't. I don't care. I really don't. But you people are freaking gluttons for punishment, man. Jesus Christ. I, I'm sorry, folks. I know I've gone off Keister, man, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I just, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't take it. I, I, just, I just can't take it. And, you know, people are telling me, just, you know what, just cancel Radio Graffiti and cancel uh, uh, cancel Gab shoutouts. I, I may do it. I, I don't know, man. I don't know, but I'm sorry that, that I have to go off all the time about this subject. I know sometimes some of you regular listeners are listening like, God damn, Ghost, why do you keep talking about this? Hey, <laughs> these people have been bothering me for 10 years on this broadcast. And, you know, when they first found me, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, the B, you know, uh, B of uh, 4chan, they found me back in 2009. Okay, And you know what they tried to do back then? They were trying to take me off the air. Now, why in the hell would they want to take me off the air? Because they think it's trolling. And I want to be honest with you 4chaners out there, okay? Why is it that 4chan was able to do whatever it wanted to do for years? Okay, for years. I mean, it, it uh, trolled people off the internet. I mean, it, it was center of many different school shootings. Uh, you know, all this stuff. I mean, they, they, uh, pools closed due to AIDS. I mean, all this nonsense, right? And yet, it was never censored. It never got taken down. No federal agents ever kicked down the door. Not nothing. I mean, it was able. It was able to just go and just run amok for years, right? And here recently, what have we had? Massive censorship. Now, why is that? Well, folks, let me tell you something. All right, let me tell you something. 4chan was a honeypot to basically get to know each and every sick-ass individual troll, every white supremacist, everything, and, and, and who, who are they silencing? They're silencing those people that were very popular on 4chan. Huh? And you know what, folks? I've got, I've got a blog here that I wrote back in 2010. 2010. And in this blog, I call out 4chan and moot. And for you folks that don't know who Moot is, this is the asshole, this fruity-ass, fruit-bowl gay bastard, all right? This is the asshole who created 4chan. And what, what were they doing to me back then? This, this uh, blog was from February 5th, 2010. They found me in 2009. And what were they trying to do? They were trying to silence me. They were trying to stop me from broadcasting. Now, what I'm trying to get across to you trolls is that you all have been so inundated with this idea of trolling that you equate trolling to censorship. 
And how were you conditioned to do that? 4chan. And by the way, did you know that for, uh, Moot from 4chan, the guy who created it, Chris Poole, he works for Google. He works for Google. He works for Google. So I want to put this blog up. Check, Take a look at my gab right now. All right? Take a look at my gab. There it is right there. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to read it. Because so, I know you, many of you people ain't going to even read it. I'm going to read it, okay? Moot from 4chan. This is the title of it. Moot from 4chan admits his motives. I told you these idiots were leftist is the title. For those of you who have kept up with my show, I've been harassed and digitally terrorized by a variety of different groups linked to a various websites. One of the websites in question, 4chan.org, a wasteland of antisocial anime nerds that use their website for anonymous child porn exchanges and terrorist plots such as school shootings, bomb threats, online attacks, etc. These people are true and utter scum of the Internet. People always email asking, who are these idiots? For a while I've been, stru- I've been suggesting that these 4chaners and other, others who were harassing were leftists, agitators who were probably paid to suppress my commentary, and people thought I was an idiot back then for saying that. Take a look at what's happening now. Take a look at what's happening now. Take a look at what's happened with the uh, WikiLeaks documents. They have paid people to agitate. They have paid people. I'm going to continue. They've hacked my chat room, terrorized my fans, and prank called my radio show, all in the name of denying my right of freedom of speech. Below is a clip of the founder of 4chan who calls himself Moot, admitting on camera his leftist motives. Hate to say I'm right again. And for you folks, hey, can you put it on, engineer? We're going to put it on for you people so that you hear what Moot said. And I want you to hear him loud and clear, right? Put it on, engineer. What the hell's going on? Put it on, for Christ's sake. Uh, we're having technical difficulties here because of the edge. Can you please put it on? All right, give him a minute. The, the engineer is going to put it on here. Here we are. Here's Moot from 4chan admitting his leftist ways. This is him speaking at uh, the Berkman Klein Center for Internet and Society. This is what he said on camera. Listen. I think that the Internet is a paradigm-shifting force that will integrate with the blogosphere and folksonomy, and it will leverage uh, synergies between multinational corporations and different countries to provide the globalized environment that mankind so needs. Now, did you hear him? Let me repeat that one more again and put it louder, engineer. This is him in 2008 saying this, you freaking idiots. I think that the Internet is a paradigm-shifting force that will integrate with the blogosphere and folksonomy, and it will leverage uh, synergies between multinational corporations and different countries to provide the globalized environment that mankind so needs. Take a look at that. He was always a leftist communist globalist, and he said it right there, folks. He said it right there. So, once again, 
why is it that Moot, Chris Poole, the guy who created 4chan, how come his 4chan posts board was able to get away with all this crap, all this garbage? I'm talking... I mean, I'm talking school shootings. I mean, I'm talking Jesse Slaughter. Do you all remember that poor little girl? I mean, bomb threats, online attacks, raids, child porn exchange. You know that uh, 4chan was once one of the biggest child porn exchanges. Huh? Yeah. And I also want to let you all know something. That... 4chan was always anti-Semitic, wasn't it? I mean, it created some of the biggest anti-Semitic memes out there, right? Anti-Semitic memes all over the place, all uh, all over goddamn 4chan, right? Well, you know something? Your boy Moot over there, he's half Jewish. Now, I'm not saying anything about that. But what I'm saying is, how can somebody who's half Jewish be the owner or proprietor of a website that creates uh, anti-Jew memes? I mean, I'm telling you all right now, if you want my opinion, I think Moot had all of you. You all got had. You all were tracked. Oh, we don't track anybody. This is an anonymous. Uh, this is an anonymous post board, and yet Google knew exactly who in the hell to ban, didn't they? YouTube knew exactly who the hell to kick off their goddamn community, didn't they? Huh? I'm telling you, man. How come Moot was able to have this goddamn four chan on for so long? That idiot. Uh, that other Jew. What's his name? Uh, uh, Weave. Andrew Owenheimer, whatever the hell his stupid Bavarian Jew name is, this guy runs an anti-Semitic white supremacist site and gets knocked off not only the Internet, but gets his domain name taken away. Here you have 4chan conducting all these actions. All these actions. I mean, look at the, I'm talking school shootings, man. Bomb threats. Online attacks. How come this damn freaking chat, this board was able to go on for so long, being untouched by the feds? How come nobody knocked down goddamn Chris Poole's goddamn door? Because he was involved in this crap, man. Take a look who paid Moot, for Christ's sake. Uh, can somebody, somebody gab me who paid Moot? Because I, I, let me tell you, Moot got paid, and take a look who paid him the millions of dollars for this piece of garbage website. Huh? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And, you know, now you've got 4 channers saying, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> you're always seeing polls praises, and <laughs> oh, my God. And, hey, why are you sticking up for a stupid website, all right? Why are you sticking up for a stupid website that sold you out, you morons? Give me a break. 
And and for all you idiots that think that uh, he sold it to to uh, f- freaking Yokohama or whatever that goddamn Jap's name is, he didn't sell it to him. The party that gave him millions of dollars. I mean, 4chan ain't worth millions of dollars. Who gave him that money? Who gave him that money? Take a look at the group who gave him that money, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. Became a millionaire off of making a disgusting, despicable goddamn forum post that literally mentally corrupted everybody. Look at all you people that are mentally corrupt. Look at all you people that are taking pride in being retarded and being autistic. You people are taking pride in this crap. Wake up. I'm going to read the last of this article that I wrote, and I wrote this in 2010. After that damn video that I just aired, when you hear this idiot waxing his carrot in 2008 for globalism, I, I, I continue. One would think that someone who is responsible for so much criminality would be held accountable through our justice system. Instead, he's invited to speak at Ivy League colleges to the student body and walks the streets around without a care in the world. Meanwhile, he's using your children to implement his sick, globalist, leftist agenda through cyber intimidation and digital terrorism. We cannot allow this madness to go unchecked. I call on all parents, conservative, right-wing, patriotic individuals to start holding these individuals accountable. If no authority is going to stop these Internet groups from committing cyber terrorism, then we must stop them ourselves. And the first place to start is at the head. Vent your frustration at the person in this video, Chris Poole, because he thinks he's manipulating your children, and he thinks this is a big joke. Wake up. Wake up! Stupid idiots. But you know what? People are so enthralled with 4chan that they're going to be like, no, I don't believe you. Uh, uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. And, and, and that's it. That's it. And you see, they've already gotten to you. You understand? So all you people that are bitching and moaning at me at Gab, saying I'm some bad guy for exposing the truth about 4chan, you're the fool. You're the fool. I've never been on 4chan once. Why? I don't want to be known for going on that goddamn website. I swear on my freaking family that I have never visited that site, ever. Because I knew what the hell that site was about. I'm just saying, man. So you all can continue on thinking that 4chan was such a great influence over your life. Why don't you look at yourself in the mirror and see where the hell you're at? Why don't you take a look in the mirror and see who you became? Why don't you take a good look in the mirror and see what kind of person you are online, what kind of person you really are inside? And to be honest with you folks, you know as well as I that that sick Twitter forum post literally 
dehumanized everybody. That's why it was no big deal to brag about school shootings. It was no big deal to distribute child pornography on there. It's no big deal. No big deal. I mean, 4chan was also used as a platform to get other harassers to harass people. And folks, 10 years ago I, I met these people, and they've never left. And, and they've evolved from back then, at least these people back then, at least these people back then were smart, and they were hackers, and they had some intelligence to themselves, and the autism hadn't been fully implemented on the Internet. But, man, from, from 2011 to now, you have seen a bombardment, a bombardment of ridiculous autism. And, and what is autism, folks? It's not just some spectrum BS mental disorder. Okay? It's them utilizing that as a means to justify very evil intended actions. Why do you think you hear the term weaponized autism? You hear that term because these autists have no kind of care in the world when it pertains to stalking, harassing, trolling, and doing whatever it is to people online. They have no compassion. They have no soul. And as a matter of fact, the worse that they can make someone's life miserable, the better. The better. And you see, that's what 4chan has turned these people into. That's what 4chan has done to these people, and they don't even know it. They take pride in harassing people. They take pride in making people's lives miserable. Where do you think the whole concept of swatting comes from? And for you folks that are unfamiliar with swatting, it's when these dumbasses find out who you are, and of course they utilize somebody from 4chan who probably lives in another country to take your information and call the damn local police at your city and spoof your phone number claiming that you are going to kill yourself and kill your family or whatever the case might be so that the damn SWAT team can come and kick down your door with guns blazing. This is what they do, This, and they think it's great. These, these weaponized autists, they think it's funny. They think it's great. That's why I, I don't like you autists. I know who you are. You're not a bunch of retards. You use the retard card so that you can get away with this sick, twisted crap. And I'm telling you this right now. I have no compassion for you autists, and I think each and every one of you deserves a beating, in my personal opinion. Because if you want my opinion, that's why they... they, they can conduct themselves in this capacity because they have never held, been held accountable for their actions. If they were actually accountable for their actions, they wouldn't be doing this crap. If they knew that they were going to get their asses kicked if they conducted themselves in the capacity that they conduct themselves online, they wouldn't be doing this garbage. But they do. And look, I don't mean to go off on this rant here, man, but I'm telling you this right now, this 
we can't, as an internet community, condone this garbage anymore. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not condoning this garbage anymore, man. All right. I mean, this this whole garbage has gotten too out of hand, and we've got too many goddamn loser autists out here that think it's so funny to make people's lives miserable. For Christ's sake. All right. So I, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. They want to make people's lives miserable. They want to they want to cause havoc in people's lives, and that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. I mean, I, I'm serious. I'm sick of it, man. I am not condoning this shit anymore. I'm sorry. And maybe it's because I stopped drinking or something that sobriety is making me, you know, think a little bit more clear. But I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I'm not taking this anymore, man. And that's why I'm telling you, autist, I don't like you. I, I Because of you people. Because of how you have conducted yourself online, how you've done, I mean, you have given me enough substance to make the assumption that I will never, ever like anybody with autism. And not to mention, I am going to tell everybody I know not to have any compassion to anyone that has this autism spectrum crap. All right? Don't give any more compassion to these stupid losers. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Anyway, look, folks, I'm sorry I went off on that tirade. I'm just saying, man, I mean, this is where all this garbage comes from, 4chan. And I'm telling you what 4chan was. It was a honeypot, for Christ's sake. That's why there's a blog that I wrote back in 2010 about it. There was a blog from 2010 that I wrote about it. And look, some idiot saying, hey, ghost, who the hell spends an hour telling his audience how much he hates them? Hey, I don't hate my audience. I just hate autists, all right? I don't like them, all right? They're all, in my opinion, and I still have the right to say this, okay? This is my opinion. I think autists are a waste of life. I'm sorry, all right? I think they're a waste of life, you know, and, and, and you know what, if you're taking offense to that, then why don't you do something and say, why don't you, don't you just repeat after me, okay? Why don't you repeat after me? I am not an autist. Just say that. I'm not an autist. I, I, and then just brush your shoulders off with that damn label and act like a decent human being. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And then be, you know, People making fun of autists and, and, and being called an autist, it, w- it won't hurt you anymore. It won't hurt you anymore because you're not classifying yourself into that freaking label. Anyway, I'm moving on. And you know what? I'm No no gab shout-outs, no goddamn Raider graffiti today. You all pissed me off. So go suck it, all right? You all can go suck it. Go on. Go, go listen to somebody else. I don't really care. Stupid autists. I'm sick of you people, man. But I, I'm telling you why. And, and look, I had to go on this rant because I wanted to explain to you where I'm coming from. I want to explain to you where I'm coming I'm not just pulling this, you know, oh, I don't like autists out my ass. I've been dealing with you people for 10 years. Believe me, if there's anybody who's an expert on autism, I think that I am. So give me a break. And you can thank all these autists 
for why we're not we're not having uh, we're not having any radio graffiti or gab. You can thank these autists, all right. You can thank them all, all right. And and what are they going to do? They're just going to be like, I'm retarded. I'm sorry. I'm retarded. Anyway, let me move on to something else, all right. I I and I hope that all you autists go somewhere else. Get out of here. No one likes you anyway. All right, not even your 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 autist in real life uh, uh, streamer Ice Poseidon wants to have anything to do with you. And this guy tries to act like he's a goddamn autist just so he can get your autism bucks. He can't even he, he can't even stand you anymore. Jesus Christ. Anyway, let me move on for Christ's sake. Let's talk about President Trump. That always puts me in a better mood. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about President Trump now. Let's talk about his tax cut, because, folks, I don't think that you understand the seriousness of this tax cut. This tax cut is going to go into a whole new perception. For the past eight years under Obama, we have gotten nothing but handouts from the government. And you know what's sad about it is that the people who love Obama the most because they really have some, I, I, I don't know, they... I think it's like some fixation novelty that, you know, they wanted the black guy as president. I swear to God, I hate to say it, but I believe that Barack Obama was the affirmative action president. And a lot of the folks that voted him in in 2008, if you want my opinion, were subtly racist for voting him in. And I'm going to explain to you why. Because I remember that damn race i was covering it on this broadcast and all this dude was doing all goddamn barack obama was doing was saying the same damn mantras every goddamn speech and not articulating any of his policies whatsoever whatsoever uh, all he kept saying was yes we can yes we can change and change and change and i think that people if you want my opinion, were racist in 2008 and saw what they thought was a black guy, because I would like a black check on Barack Obama. This guy looks like a Taliban marathon runner. He doesn't look black to me, okay? It doesn't look black to me. But they saw what they thought was a black president in 2008. A Taliban marathon runner. And they, in their heads, became a little bit liberal racist you know you know how liberals they're the biggest racist of all time you know what people thought they were like look at that black guy he doesn't talk black he he talks articulate <laughs> he dresses in a nice suit i'm gonna go vote for this guy i i, I think it's about time we have a black guy as the president <laughs> look at him look at this guy he's an articulate black guy I swear to God, I think that's why the majority of people have voted for him in 2008. And why he won in 2012, folks, is because this guy had already gave people handouts and put most of the working class into poverty and into uh, collecting entitlements. That That's what it was all about. It was all about entitlements. And unfortunately, uh, Mitt Romney uh, was – Recorded, heard, he said that, you know, forget about 48%. There's 48% of people that are going to just vote for Obama because they belong on entitlements and this and that. Forget about those people. Remember that statement? Remember that statement? 
That's what killed Mitt Romney right there, that stupid statement. But, I mean, that's why he won. I'm not joking. That's why he won both in 2008 and 2012. And now, folks, we've got a president, and by God, I love this president, and I'm glad this man is president right now. we got a president who is not giving handouts. He's making opportunity. He's making opportunity. And the kinds of opportunity that he's creating, it's economic opportunity. And that's what I've been saying this whole time whenever I've talked about this subject, is that capitalists don't want handouts. Americans don't want handouts. We want opportunity. And that's exactly what he's going to give here in these tax cuts. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the tax cuts because there's a little bit a little bit of writing in the tax cut that's going to affect people that are in the cryptocurrency game. Um, cryptocurrency trading prior to this bill was viewed as property, correct? Well, unfortunately, folks, thanks to a man by the name of, uh, what the hell is this idiot's name, so you all can go tell him thank you, it was a Democrat who slipped in this particular bill, uh, slipped in this little little piece of passage in this bill that'll now define cryptocurrencies as a capital gain. That's right, folks. We will no longer have, after 2018, the cryptocurrency is property loophole in which most cryptocurrency traders and most cryptocurrency owners uh, have taken advantage of since 2014, I believe, is when they defined cryptocurrency in the actual tax laws. And what that means is, folks, is that now, as cryptocurrency traders, you're going to have to get a little bit more creative in figuring out how you're going to trade your cryptocurrency. Because under the current capital gains tax, under your personal name, if you're, if you're doing this under your personal name, is 37%. And this is after 2018, folks. Now, if you want to thank the guy who actually pr produced and, and introduced the resolution into the tax code to now tax cryptocurrency as capital gains, you can thank a, na a man by the name of Representative Jared Polis, that's J-A-R-E-D, Polis, P-O-L-I-S, he is a Democrat out of Colorado, this is the scumbag that introduced this into the goddamn bill. Now what I'm advising folks to do, in my personal opinion, and this is my opinion. I'm not a tax expert. I'm just giving people ideas. You do your own research. But I think that people need to incorporate themselves very quickly. As a matter of fact, corporations are given big-time leeway in, under the current bill that has been signed by the president this morning. Okay? Now, with that being said... You should incorporate yourself, whether it's an LLC or a C-Corp, and claim your cryptocurrency in 2018 
as an asset of your corporation. Because, folks, if you take a look at the tax code, and if you put your cryptocurrency as actual product or valued assets under a corporation, it's not necessarily a capital gain at that point. It is now a uh, a asset of the company. So if you were to liquidate it or pay taxes on that, you would pay 21% on the cryptocurrency profits that you have. And once you claim them, you could then use your cryptocurrency profits to reinvest in your corporation. And when you have your cryptocurrency profits reinvested in your corporation, you now can deduct one time 100% of investment in capital goods thanks to the tax cut that Donald Trump has put into put into play here. So that's why I'm advising everybody right now, everybody right now that has a substantial amount of cryptocurrency to claim it under your LLC or claim it under a C-Corp. That's what I've been doing the whole time anyway. And what will happen is, is that when you're taxed at 21% on profits made on cryptocurrency, you could then write off from 21%. Now, lest we forget that when you cash out, it's going to be your corporation's money. So what that means is, is that you are either, if, if it's an LLC, you could pass through some of those profits into your personal name. Or if you're a C-Corp, you can basically pay yourself a salary. Now, what does that mean? Okay, let's say like you're one of the inner circle. And let's say we, you know, you're worth about 150,000, 200,000 in cryptocurrency. Most of the inner circle is already doing this. But they're going to get a C corp, for instance. I have C corps, you know, I mean, I have a bunch of them, so it's I I know how this works. Okay? What you do is you claim your crypto assets under that C-Corp. And let's say you want to cash out some profits. Well, those profits become generated revenue under the corporation. And what you do is you are taxed on those profits at 21%, and then you can write off from that 21% uh, to as much as, you know, like other corporations, you know, 5%. Maybe zero percent. Who knows? You got to you got to take a look at uh, your tax guy and see if you can do that. But then what you can do, folks, is now under this new tax code, you can give yourself, like your C corporation, can give you a personal income under twenty four thousand dollars, so you don't have to be taxed a thing. All right? Do you understand what I'm telling you, folks? All right. Do you understand? I mean, your C-Corp, the letter C-Corp, when you cash out your profits in cryptocurrency in your C-Corp, remember, your C-Corp is an individual. That's a person, all right? That is a person right there. It limits you from liability. It limits you from legal liability, the whole, non, the whole nine yards, okay? You put your money in your C-Corporation. And let's say it's 150000 in profits, and you cash it into USD. 
You then take that money in your C corporation and invest it, do whatever it is that you want. You want to, you may want to consult with your tax attorney or whatever. And then at the end of the year, you write off from 21%. And then what you do, folks, is you give yourself a salary. You want a salary, right? Your personal name. Your corporation is going to give you a salary, and what you're going to do is you want to give yourself a meager salary that is probably not taxable. And now you can make up to $24,000 a year under your personal name and not pay any taxes. I'm not joking, folks. You can make up to $24,000 a year and not pay any personal income tax. So what I'm telling you is, is very valuable information here, and I hope some of you people are, are learning it, and I hope some of you people are writing and taking notes right now, all right? I hope that you all are, are taking notes, because instead of cashing out in your personal name and having to put all that money uh, as a capital gain in your personal name, because that's, that's what it'll be classified as, because it's your personal name. You're not in the cryptocurrency business you know, so they're going to tax you as a capital gain at 37%, and you're not going to be able to write off too much off that 37%. So what you do is you create a C corporation, which is basically starting your own business. You throw the 150k of cryptocurrency gains in there, and then you're taxed at 21%. And what you do is is you reinvest whatever the hell is in that damn C corporation and make yourself a business. And not to mention, folks, you don't want to give yourself a big personal income. I think it was, uh, I think it was Nelson Rockefeller, if I'm not mistaken. It was Nelson Rockefeller who said, own nothing, control everything. Own nothing, control everything. And that's what you're doing if you understand the corporate game, baby. You get yourself a corporation. Your corporation owns everything. You own nothing. And you just get a meager living, 24000 a year, 0% personal income. Meanwhile, you may have some decent fringe benefits. You know, the corporation may supply you with a car because you need to get to and from places, right? The corporation could supply you your own office. You know, corporation could supply you some meals. Now, you need, to, you need to consult with your tax expert because some of these fringe benefits can be taxable. But if you are really close to your tax guy or girl or woman, and they tell you, hey, look, this is how you get around this, this is how you get around that, this is how you can write off this, this is how you can write off that, I mean, this is, this is how you do it. Folks, this is how the rich stay rich. You understand? I'm, tr I'm giving you all valuable information, man, and I hope that you're using it. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because now people cannot in America fall back on cryptocurrency being property after 2018. And if that's the case, I mean, it's nothing to fret about. Just incorporate yourself, baby. That's all. It's as simple as that. All right, and you know where you go? I mean, you can go to, like, these uh, these legal paper sites, you know, like LegalZoom or whatever. You can go to those sites, and you can pay them to incorporate you, or you can incorporate yourself. Me, personally, folks, I would personally incorporate myself in a state that
tax. Okay? Texas, no state corporate income tax. Well, I take that back. You got to be, if you make over, I think, 10 million or some crap, or eight, no, I think it's, I think this year it's 8 million. All right? $8 million, you'll have to pay 1% to the Texas government. Okay? That's it. It's as simple as that, baby. All right? I mean, this is capitalism, man. I mean, either either you're going to partake in it or you're not, and you're going to bitch and moan like all these leftists. Give me a goddamn break. Anyway, I hope that you all understand what I told you, and I hope that you take advantage of what I told you in 2018, because I'm telling you this. Aside from throwing your cryptocurrency in a corporation, you should make businesses, man. Everyone is going to have money in 2018. Everybody. And all you've got to do is figure out how you're going to obtain those profits and put it in that corporate account. And the more money that corporate account has, the more it can grow as a corporation. Let's say, once again, let's go back to the 150000 in a corporation in crypto example. You got 150000 in crypto. You just, put, you just opened up a C corporation. You put the 150000 cash in your goddamn corporation. You save 24000 put it away so that you can use that as your salary. The rest, what you do, you go buy profit. Go buy profit, meaning instead of trying to start up a business – Go look for businesses that are already making profit and just buy it from them with the cash that you have under your corporation. Because remember, the more money that corporation has in its damn account, the more easier and the better life you will have. Let's just put it that way, all right? I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, all right? Anyway, let's continue going. Uh, I, I, I'm just trying to help you guys, man. I mean, if y'all want to be idiots, then be idiots. That's fine. Anyway, uh, I also want to talk about not just did the president sign in the tax cuts in the law, but he also signed the continuing resolution that's going to keep government spending at 2017 levels until January 19, 2018. And the reason is, folks, is because tomorrow, if we didn't have this uh, continuing resolution, excuse me, this continuing resolution, tomorrow the government would have shut down, and that would have been a that would have been pretty harsh, given the fact that we're so close to Christmas. So once again, uh, the Republicans were able to pass this continuing resolution, and they're going to debate the budget when they get back to Washington after the new year. And uh, January 19th is now the next date to be watching on your calendars because we need a damn budget by that. Now, if you want my opinion, because the Democrats are such a bunch of obstinate pieces of goddamn garbage and just are trying to do anything they can to uh, demoralize and degrade the president, they're not going to do anything in favor of the president whatsoever. They're anti-Trump. They're pieces of crap. So we need to make sure that everyone is on board as it pertains to these Republicans for the debate for the new 2018 budget. But thank God tomorrow we're not going to have a damn government shutdown. Now, beyond that, the president signed both of those things into law, and he's spending his Christmas in Mar-a-Lago, Florida. 
What's next on the agenda for 2018 for POTUS? I'll tell you right now. And mark my words, didn't I tell you this? That welfare reform was next on the agenda. Didn't I say that? And now that these Democrats are starting to realize this, what are they saying? They're starting to say, aw, you give the tax cuts to the rich and now you're going to take away from the poor? Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I challenge you right now to go to an impoverished area supermarket, okay, grocery store, in a supposed impoverished area, and I want you to count me how many grossly obese, fat, so-called poor people we've got waddling in the impoverished areas of America, okay? I want you to do that for me, okay? Folks, I've talked about this throughout Barack Obama's tenure. Only in America do we have fat, poor people. And let me tell you, I can understand why people, I mean, you saw that chap out of Brazil that gabbed at me and said, hey, Ghost, thank you for the crypto markets, man. A whole year living with my parents in the slums of Brazil, a whole year I've saved 80% of my paycheck. It's nothing compared to one month of crypto listening to the True Capitalist radio show. I mean, I bet you that poor guy in Brazil, this, this, this poor chap, I bet you this guy looks at the poor in America and wants to puke. He wants to punch the poor people in America. Only in America do poor people get fat, folks. I, I just, I, I can't take this anymore, all right? I mean, lest we forget that, when we start talking about welfare reform and you see Democrats and hear Democrats talking about, oh, you're going after the poor, oh, my God, meh, meh, meh. Lest we forget that we've got a massive population of poor people that are grossly obese. Grossly obese. I'm telling you, man. And you can't allow these Democrats to try to ride this issue as if the poor people in America are going to be screwed if we have welfare reform. I'm telling you what's going to happen. What's going to happen is Donald Trump is going to reintroduce workfare, which was the bill that was signed by Bill Clinton. And the only reason Bill Clinton had to sign that bill was because the Speaker of the House at that time, Newt Gingrich, probably one of the best speakers in the House that the Republicans ever had, he forced Bill Clinton to sign that bill so that he could you know, get the Republicans on the side of certain things Bill Clinton wanted to pass during his presidency. He actually had to make a deal with Newt, and Newt Gingrich was a great leader of the House. He was no goddamn Paul Ryan. I mean, this guy, if he said, hey, look, you're voting for this, right? You're voting for I mean, literally, he, he was a leader. He made sure that the Republicans stood by their word. And that's why I'm saying we're going to go back to that. Workfare means that you ain't getting no goddamn food stamps unless you show that you're trying to get a job and then finally get one. You are not unlimited with your goddamn food card. You're not going to have a food card for eight years like it was with Obama. You're either going to go find a job or we're going to cut your goddamn food stamps. Do you understand me? This is welfare reform. And I'm telling you, you welfare cheats, I told you this was going to happen. 
mark my word, that we're going to go line by line and audit all the welfare system, and we're going to go after every welfare cheat that cheated the United, that, that cheated the United States taxpayer, and we're going to take that money out of your ass. We're going to take that money out of your ass. And all you idiots that thought that it was a gravy train till the end during Obama, you got another thing coming. All right, welfare reform is definitely on the agenda. Of course, another thing, folks, the infrastructure bill, for you folks that are unaware, uh, Trump may actually get many of the Democrats signing because it's about spending government money. And, of course, you're going to have fiscal conservatives talking garbage about, oh, why are we go- how are we going to pay for that? And we got to be fiscal conservative and fiscal conservative. Where were these fiscal conservatives when Barack Obama spent $10 trillion, over $10 trillion during his eight goddamn years as president? Where the hell were these fiscal conservatives then? Where the hell were they? Barack Obama, he spent more money than all previous presidents before Obama combined, you morons. Where were you goddamn uh, fiscal conservatives back then? I mean, we spent $7 trillion in the Middle East, and take a look at it. Where did all that money go? $7 trillion in the Middle East. And where did it all go? Here we have a $1 trillion infrastructure bill that's going to be initiated by the president. And, of course, you've got not only Republican fiscal conservatives, you've got idiots on the left now all of a sudden uh, just pulling out fiscal conservatism out of their derrieres. It's stupid. And another thing that they're going to talk about, folks, DACA and general immigration next, next year, 2018. Now, I want to repeat some stats that I heard off of Tucker Carlson's show on Fox. And as a matter of fact, there's a brilliant show. If you're not watching Tucker Carlson, I don't know what the hell you're doing. This man, true, brilliant journalist, political commentary. I love uh, Tucker Carlson. Props to Tucker. Uh, Anyway, I want to talk about some of these statistics that he brought up on his show last night. And it's about immigration. And a point that he brought up, which I found very, very interesting, is that how come we don't know the stats of non-citizen violent crimes? How come there's no stats for criminal activity for non-citizens? And Tucker went on to say that, you know, we're a nation of bureaucrats. We have stats for everything. We have stats on how much uh, bananas you should be eating a day. I mean, we have stats for everything. We don't have stats for this. Why? Well, finally, some stats were produced. According to uh, Tucker Carlson, these were produced by the census. Okay? By the census. I want you to hear non-citizen federal crime that has been prosecuted in this country. And for all you idiots that are coming out here and claiming that uh, immigrants are nothing more than people coming out here looking for a job and wanting to be well-rounded citizens. The stats are completely contradicting that perspective, all right? Non-citizen crime, and these are crimes that were prosecuted in federal courts. These are real stats. Let me read them to you, okay? 
And remember, when I'm reading the stats, when I'm reading these numbers, I want you to remember all those liberals that are trying to promote immigration and open borders and all this crap, all right? Non-citizen crime that were tried and convicted in federal courts. Here are the statistics. 22% of murders that were tried in federal court were for non-citizens, illegal immigrants. Do you understand? 22% of federal murders that were prosecuted. That's almost a fifth of murders in this goddamn country were committed by illegal immigrants that had no business being in this country. But the only reason they're in here is because Barack Obama and the Democrats allowed this lackadaisical approach at the border and allowed anybody to come in. 22% of federal prosecuted murders by illegal immigrants. Let me continue. 18% of federal fraud cases by immigrants. 18% of federal fraud cases. 33% of money laundering federal cases. Immigrants. Okay? 29% of federal drug drug trafficking cases. 29% drug trafficking by immigrants. And these are federal prosecutions. But this one takes the cake, all right? This one takes the cake. 72% of federal drug possession convictions are from non-citizens illegal immigrants. Let me repeat that one more again. 72% of federal prosecutions of drug possessions were made by illegal immigrants. There it is. But you'll have these goddamn leftists say, oh, no, you know what, immigrants, they just, they're just trying to have, they just want to have a leg up. They're just trying to work out here. Get the hell out of here. All right, we've got to secure our border, and we've got to take care of our country. And much like Donald Trump, my president says, if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. And that's all there is to it. Anyway, I'm going to continue going, folks. All right, Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Obama. We talked about this last time. It came out that Obama allowed Hezbollah to deal cocaine and funnel the money through used car sales in the United States. And the reason we know this, folks, is because there was a federal task force formed in 2008 that was tracking and mapping the organized crime syndicate that comprised of Hezbollah in America. And whenever this task force, which was dubbed Operation Cassandra, whenever this task force attempted to want to facilitate arrests on this Hezbollah network, they were told not to do so by this administration. And this was a story out of Politico that is really catching heat now. The mainstream media is talking about it, and not to mention, folks, it just came out that Department of Justice Attorney General Jeff Sessions is going to review this allegation, which means he's going to overlook and see if Obama allowed Hezbollah to deal cocaine in the United States and funnel the money through car used car sales. That's right, Attorney General Jeff Sessions is going to review this. Not to mention, I don't know if you heard, that Jeff Sessions is also going to open a review for the Uranium One deal. So now Jeff Sessions, now Jeff Sessions is opening up 
the Department of Justice's resources into looking at these disgusting criminals that we once had in the United States government. And I want to go a little further. I want to be completely honest with you folks. You have to know at this point that Barack Obama and his administration were the people who funded and created ISIS. Now, let's take a step back for a second, okay? Now, how in the hell did they do this? How the hell did they create ISIS? Do y'all remember a guy by the name of Anwar Awalaki? Do y'all remember that guy? He was the American uh, Islamic terrorist. Do y'all remember Awalaki? Anwar Awalaki? He was the American that was supposedly assassinated by a drone in Yemen by Obama. It was a very controversial situation because uh, it, it questioned whether or not the president had the authority to kill American people through his own unified executive action. Now, let me explain who Anwar Awalaki was. First of all, he was born here in America. He was educated here in America. He went to college in Colorado. Pure American. And somewhere along the way, this Anwar Awalaki found himself in Yemen and he started putting out these clerical discourses that made him popular over the Internet. It made him popular. Now, what did he say? He said a lot of the garbage that was the dogma of what ISIS believed. Now, if you want my personal opinion, folks, I think Anwar Awalaki was CIA, and he was used as a tool to infuriate or agitate the jihadist fervor within the region. Now, with that being said, folks, they had to kill Anwar Awalaki because this guy was a CIA asset, not a terrorist. If you want my opinion, I don't think Awalaki is dead. I think that the president used him as a tool and suggested that he was assassinated via drone to set the precedent that a president, a sitting president, can, on his own, have an American citizen killed. And that that was unprecedented, folks, before Obama killed, supposedly, Anwar Awalaki. Look this guy up. Look up Anwar Awalaki. He was the American. He was born and raised in America. Now, with that being said, once he was supposedly assassinated, that's when the rise of ISIS started flourishing. Y'all remember? That's when you had all this garbage, the Arab Spring, and all this other crap. And if you want my personal opinion, folks, do y'all remember Fast and the Furious? Y'all remember when Eric Holder and the, uh, the Department of Justice, under the direction of Obama, supposedly allowed free distribution of weapons to the Mexican drug cartels in an attempt to, quote, track the weapons? Track the weapons. And it was a complete blunder because one of those weapons from Fast and the Furious operation ended up at the scene of a dead Border Patrol agent. And, of course, the Obama administration and Eric Holder had to admit that they did this, but no accountability whatsoever. 
And if you want my personal opinion, folks, I don't think that Fast and the Furious was a operation to supposedly track guns for Mexican drug cartels. If you want my personal opinion, it's starting to look a lot like Fast and the Furious operation was the initial gun distribution to the agitators and jihadists in ISIS. Because I always thought to myself, how in the hell did ISIS get so armed? How in the hell did ISIS get so goddamn big? How in the hell do they have rations to keep themselves fed out there in the battlefield of them killing everybody? How in the hell are they doing this? And as a matter of fact, folks, uh, let's take it a step further. We were just talking about how Obama allowed Hezbollah to run cocaine and sell it in the United States and launder that money, launder that money through used car sales. And the reason I say this is because y'all remember, and we talked about this, uh, what was it, Wednesday, the Awan brothers. The Awan brothers are the IT guys that Debbie Washerman Schultz, who was the former DNC chair prior to the WikiLeaks drop, she was the one that hired this Awan brother idiot. I mean, they had no experience whatsoever, and yet they were there, the head of IT, over the Congressional Democratic Caucus in, in Congress. I mean, they were privy to all of Congress's uh, interactions and emails, everything, all the documentation. And you know something? They ran, and this is out of uh, the Daily Caller. It's a great article, by the way. The Awan brothers, while they were supposedly taking care of the servers of the Congress Democrats and Debbie Washerman Schultz, uh, the Awan brothers had a used car dealership right across the street from Congress. And guess what they did business as? The name they did business as. The name that they registered as a corporation? CIA. CIA. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, once again, the article that initially uh, came out with this story that Barack Obama just basically turned a blind eye to Hezbollah dealing cocaine in the United States and then uh, funneling the money through car sales. Do you all remember, and I tried to put this post on last uh, Wednesday, but uh, I think Gab was having some problems because, uh, you know, I guess we were giving him too many uh, hits or whatever, too, too much traffic, whatever. But do you all remember that one truck that happened to belong to a poor plumber out of Texas who sold it to some used car dealership and it ended up in the battlefield with ISIS and ISIS fighters shooting out of this poor schmuck's truck? Here, Take a look at my gab right now, folks. This is the picture I'm talking about. Take a look at this picture. It says Mark One Plumbing, and the poor bastard is a Texas plumber. Take a look at my gab. The poor bastard's a Texas plumber, and he said that he has no idea how the hell that damn truck ended up out there as a battle truck for ISIS. He said that he sold his truck to a used car dealer, and that's all he knows. 
He sold the truck. He's got a couple of, he had a, he had a, he had a few of these damn things. Take a look at my gap. Now, once again, you take a look at that Mark One plumbing truck and how the guy who owned that truck said that he doesn't know how it got there and that he sold it to some goddamn used car dealership. And then before you know it, it ends up at the goddamn battlefield with ISIS. So, once again, folks, it's not a coincidence whatsoever, if you want my opinion. All right? I think if you want my personal opinion that Obama and the Democrats were truly allowing nefarious, Islamist-type characters or organizations in and out of our personal, private, government files. I personally believe that, because there is no other explanation for all this. Why the hell did Debbie Washerman Schultz uh, use these two guys, the Anwan brothers, as IT guys? How did they let them own a used car dealership that never sold any cars, mind you? How come they owned a car dealership right across the street from the IT joint that they worked at, which was Capitol Hill? How come they had a used car lot? that sold used cars. And how is it that Obama overlooked Hezbollah and the criminal network that this task force under Operation Cassandra knew and knew the whole damn criminal network and wanted to take them down, and Barack Obama refused? Refused! Folks, this is serious business. This is treason. This is utter treason. And if you want my personal opinion, Obama, at the very least, should be in prison. But if this comes to light, and the Department of Justice under Jeff Sessions finds the true essence of criminality, the smoke and gun, so you can show to Mr. and Mrs. Joe Sixpack out here how much of a treasonous bastard Obama was, then this man deserves the fullest ramifications under treason. I mean, there's just too many guys. I mean, you all have to know this, right? I mean, look at Trump. Trump comes in, it's not even a year, and ISIS is completely obliterated. Now, why is ISIS obliterated? Because all Trump did was stop the funding and stop the arming of the goddamn Jehudis and the Salafist movement and the the freaking Sunnis out there. And not to mention, folks, when he personally went to Saudi Arabia and dealt with King Solomon and his son, King Solomon and his son basically eliminated the faction within their royal family that helped fund a lot of this terrorist garbage. And if you want my opinion, I think a lot of information is coming from the, pur- from the purge that's happening in Saudi Arabia. I'm not joking around, man, and and I think that's why Barack Obama and and, and, uh, the former CIA head Brenner, uh, Eric Holder, all these people are scared. Susan Rice, did you hear her talking garbage? They're all scared because they know they're all criminals, man. They know they're all criminals. So anyway, folks, keep that in mind, okay? Barack Obama, it's already come out that he allowed Hezbollah, which is a militia backed up by Iran, allowed them to deal cocaine in the United States and funnel the money through used car sales. 
I just posted a truck that was in the battlefield with ISIS on my gab right here, okay, in which this poor plumber, some independent chap out of freaking Dallas, I think, saw his truck in the battlefield with ISIS with his name on it, and he says he has no idea how it got there. He just sold it to some used car place. And then you find that Hezbollah laundered the drug money through used car sales. And for you folks that don't understand money laundering, when you obtain illegal funds in mass, you have to funnel it through something to make it look legitimate so that you don't catch any heat from any federal authorities, IRS, state tax people, nothing. And that's what money laundering is. Okay? That's what money laundering is. And you think it's a coincidence that the Awan brothers, the former IT guys for the Democratic Congressional Congress, who was hired by Debbie Washerman Schultz, you don't think it's a coincidence that they had a goddamn car dealership across the street called CIA? CIA? Give me a break. Give me a break. And I hope Jeff Sessions goes right after these scumbags. I hope. Anyway, we're running out of time, folks. Let me continue. I want to talk a little bit about the U.N. vote. Did you hear these scumbags out here in the U.N. actually vote in an attempt to force our president to rescind his recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital? I mean, give me a break, man. I mean, I'm glad that Trump did this. And, and I'm glad that he did this because now you know what kind of scumbags that we truly have in the international community. You know? I mean, straight up. I mean, these people are more – I mean, they, they want to back up Islamic terrorists. I mean, look at the rest of the world. Did you see that vote? I mean, it was like 128 to whatever. I mean, the U.N. actually voted – in an attempt to try to tell the United States president to rescind his recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital. And did you hear what Nikki Haley said? She said to the U.N., look, this vote isn't going to change anything. And as a matter of fact, we're taking names. And then Donald Trump said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be looking at everybody who votes for this particular ridiculous U.N. resolution, and we may just think about rescinding our goddamn aid to your countries. How you like that? How you like that? We send you all these millions and billions of dollars, and yet you want to thumb your nose at America, for Christ's sake, over something ridiculous as this? I mean, this just goes to show you how the world is unappreciative of the giving of America. We give, the, we give everybody money, folks. We give everybody money, and this is how the world repays us? You're goddamn right. Hey, President Trump, cut the funding to those pieces of crap, all right? Not to mention, cut the funding to the United Nations. You see, I told you, this goddamn United Nations hey, thing is the goddamn down. global government boy. trying to force Donald Trump to rescind his recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital? I mean, are you kidding me? Screw you, UN! We are not your slaves! We're America! We built your stupid central edifice! We built your globalist crap! 
I'm tired of the UN, man. The UN has done nothing for this world. The UN has made the world worse. Do you understand? I mean, if you think I'm kidding, you, you know, whenever they send peacekeepers into a poor country to supposedly distribute food, why don't you take a look at what they're really doing? Look up UN child sex food and take a look. Google that. UN child sex food and read about all the different episodes of UN peacekeepers exploiting children sexually so that they can give them the food that the UN's peacekeepers are supposed to be giving out for free because people are hungry. Huh? Huh? That's what the UN is doing. That's what the UN is doing. You know, I recently talked about how Milotic, the Serbian general that slaughtered everybody at Srebrenica, or uh, uh, Srebrenica, excuse me, the slaughtering of Srebrenica, how he was convicted of war crimes here recently. And I find it funny that the world court didn't even bring in the United Nations. Didn't even bring in the United Nations because the United Nations helped Milotic slaughter those people at Srebrenica. Uh, Sebernitsa, whatever the hell, the hell you pronounce that crap. The UN, the Dutch regiment of the UN helped Milotic slaughter those people at Sebernitsa. And yet what? They're, they they try Milotic? The UN is a bunch of crap. You understand? The UN is a bunch of crap, and we should not acknowledge them as any kind of credible government any longer. If you're a United States citizen, screw the United Nations, all right? Put it in your head right now that the United Nations is a bunch of crap, and ever since its inception, it has done nothing but cause havoc in the world. It has caused havoc in the world. Anyway, let me move on, folks, all right? We're running out of time here. All right, I want to talk a little bit about Saudi Arabia and Iran. It could be potentially on the brink of World War III out here. The Houthi militia, uh, if you're not familiar with the Houthis, they are now the militia that controls a good portion of Yemen. Uh, as we talked about it on December, was it early December this month, the president of Yemen, who was probably a key figure in stopping the civil war that's happening in Yemen out there, which has turned into a proxy war between Saudi Arabia and Iran in Yemen. But the Houthi militia now is being supplied missiles by Iran, and they are launching those missiles on a consistent basis into Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And at some point, folks, at some point, one of these missiles is going to get through. And when one of those missiles get through, folks, we are going to go to World War III. I mean, I'm telling you, I told you this Wednesday, we have an agreement. We have a binding agreement that if Saudi Arabia goes to war, that we go to war with them. I mean, we are this close. Uh, I mean, we are so close, folks, that Saudi Arabia, it came out, and I told you guys this uh, last year, it was a Bloomberg story that, found, an ex it was an exclusive by Bloomberg, they found through a Freedom of Information Act request that it's actually Saudi Arabia that owns over 70% of United States debt. 70%. 70%. So 
I mean, you know, Saudi Arabia and the United States, you know, we got a thing going on, all right, <laughs> to say the least. Why do you think we have a United States base there? We're, if the United States did not have a military base in Saudi Arabia, man, all of the Arab world would invade Saudi Arabia because that's the Arab Holy Land. That's where Mecca is and Medina. Remember, uh, that's where uh, Mohammed fought, you know, over Medina? Anyway, I'm just saying, folks, we need to be very observant about what's happening in Yemen. Because if these missiles get through and hit the palace, we're going to have to go to war. And and it's not going to be pretty. All right? And to be completely honest with you, I think that this is the best. I mean, I'm not trying to be a war hawk here, all right? But I think that we need this war because, first and foremost, we have way too many Jehudis in the world that actually believe in, like, Sharia law. They actually believe that, you know, you should cut women's clitorises off when they're born. Uh, They actually believe that, you know, you should be able to marry a nine-year-old. I mean, you understand? I mean, there's no getting beyond that outside war outside you know with all due respect a foreign policy in which these people uh kill each other to the point in which they're like hey, wait a minute why are we fighting i don't understand why are we fighting we don't need to fight anymore we kill too many people i'm serious that's the only way that the arab world is going to learn i'm not kidding it's sad it's sad to say but you know it's the only way they're going to learn and uh I think that we're getting closer and closer to that World War III, if you want my opinion. And and, and to be frank, uh, I, I think that we need to clean house in the Middle East. And I like where uh, Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, who I would personally like to meet. If anybody knows uh, Mohammed bin Salman, you know, tell him to holler at me. Uh, but Mohammed bin Salman, he's taking this anti-Islamic terrorism, uh, he, he's taking it to heart. And, and I, don't, I, I believe him when he states that he doesn't want the Saudi royal family to be affiliated with this Salafist, jihadist crap any longer. That's why he rounded up all of his family who actually funded this stuff. I mean, if you take a look at who was rounded up, and we've talked about it, it was the Bin Ladens, it was, uh, uh, it was all, these, all these rich guys who were funding the Taliban, who were funding Islamic terrorism all over the world, who were funding the madrasas. I'm just saying, man, I'm just saying, watch the Yemen situation, because Iran is supplying the Houthi militia with missiles, and they're launching it from Yemen into Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and one of these missiles are going to get through, folks. And then we're in some serious serious Middle Eastern conflict, and if you want my opinion, take a look at those oil prices, if it does, all right, because oil will go up. I don't think it will spike that high, because consider this, now that the tax cut was signed into law by Donald Trump, we're going to drill in in the uh, wildlife refuge in in Alaska. What you going to do, brother? We're going to be producing our own We're going to be a part of the oil market. We are going to be either energy independent. Anyway, let me continue going. Uh, North Korea 
Now, the reason Great. I'm going to talk about North Korea is because the possibility of a United States strike is getting very, very high. And the reason I'm saying this is because, first and foremost, I think that President Trump probably has to do this so he can solidify those who are close to him and single out the enemies who are doing nothing but trying to take him down in this country. Because if you want my opinion, I think North Korea is about ready to fall. I, I mean, look at all these defections. I mean, there's a bunch of defections coming along, man. Most defections that any Korean analyst has ever seen. Uh, you have Kim Jong-un purging everybody. He's purging his uncles. He's purging everybody, for Christ's sake. Uh, you've got uh, people inside oh, the wait, border wait. of North Korea desecrating uh, uh, idols of, of Kim Jong-un. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that prove that North Korea is destabilized. And all it needs is a couple of airstrikes and make sure to target Kim Jong-un, and I think that's pretty much it. I don't think that the... I don't think North Korea is going to fight for this guy. I don't think so. I mean, look at all the the defections that are happening. These people are in the military that are defecting. And if they're defecting in that capacity, then they're not going to fight for this guy. Why do you think he wants a damn ballistic missile? Why do you think he wants a nuclear weapon, for Christ's sake? Because he knows. Nobody cares. Nobody likes him. Why do you think he has to purge everybody, for Christ's sake, man? He just recently purged one of his top leaders in the military. Nuclear weapons is a hoax. So in my opinion, I think that it's going to behoove the president to, first of all, flex nuts and bomb the hell out of North Korea, take them out, show how yeah. easy it was to War take these bomb. North Koreans out of here, and voila, uh, the president looks hardcore. He solidifies who is actually with him in the domestic home front and basically uh, – Fingers out who the hell is against them, etc. Uh, I think the probability of, of an airstrike or some kind of strike well, on North Korea is very high, man. And I think it's because uh, Trump smells blood. Uh, he knows that nah, the place is destabilized. And not to mention, it'll make him look fairly decent as well. And we need to take out North Korea because we've been kicking the can down the road with this idiot ever since 1994. All right? When Bill Clinton oh, unilaterally dealt with years. Kim Jong-un's really? grandfather, Kim Il-sung. And believe it or not, years, huh? Bill Clinton, under that agreement, gave him the nuclear reactors for them to enrich uranium to Something begin with, wrong. for Christ's sake, man. Something Just wrong. look up the Joint Framework Agreement of 1994 and understand what I'm talking about. We too low. We too low. Anyway, I'm going to move on. Uh... Spain is going to have a $2.7 billion Christmas lottery. I mean, I, look, I, do I get to any more? I mean, can you get any more Euro cuck than that? Any more socialist Euro cuck than that? And you know, these, these, this $2.7 billion Christmas lottery, who all these Spaniards play, for Christ's sake, it's 200 bucks a ticket. 200 bucks a ticket. I mean, is that how you get rich in Europe now? Huh? A freaking lottery? Folks, remember, the lottery is a government racket, all right? It's a government racket. Remember, the mob used to play the lottery. They used to call it the numbers. Hey, you want to run in the numbers? You want to buy some numbers? You know what I'm no, saying? This is like a government racket just to produce more revenue for the government to create more bureaucracy. And not to mention, 
you got to let me explain to you how this 2.7 billion is accumulated anyway. The government asks some of the bigger business folk and some of the more affluent individuals within Spaniard society to pitch in, to actually pitch in out of their good graces into this lottery. And that's how they're able to amass this $2.7 billion lottery. At $200 a ticket, they call it the El Gordo Prize. And you know what? I could only imagine in Eurocup Spain how much the tax the taxation is on $2.7 billion. I mean, could you imagine? It's probably like 80%. You know? It's probably like 80%. It's a racket! It's a government racket, man! That's why Preach everyone it, should socialism. When you have to glue your eyes to a freaking lottery on Christmas in hopes of you becoming rich, that's He's pathetic. That is the utterly pathetic. That is utterly pathetic, man. $2.7 billion Spaniard Christmas lottery. Oh, my God. Anyway, last but not least, folks, and then we'll get to some freaking shout-outs and radio graffiti, all right? All right, yeah. you stupid yeah. audience. You happy now, huh? You happy now, yeah. huh? Woo! I want to talk about Canadian, uh, this asshole from Canada, all right, this, this <laughs> Justin Trudeau. Did you see him when he had a press conference and trying to, I don't know, fend off this ethics violation that has been found against him here, this ethics violation. I mean, hey, engineer, can you put up Justin Trudeau stumbling, mumbling like an impotent jerk when answering it? Can you get that? I'm not even kidding, man. Uh, Listen to this guy stumble and mumble like an impotent jerk when attempting to answer his ethics violation by going to Aga Khan's private island, all right? And by the way, I did not know this, but did you know that Aga Khan is the honorary title of the imam of Shia, Imami, Ismaili Muslims? Yes, uh, And this is where this guy is going and vacationing, for Christ's sake. Can you believe that? What? What do you say? What? I mean, can you believe this crap? I mean, I can't. I mean, give me a break. Give me some big booty. I mean, come on, man. I mean, and and look, I mean, he really did not know how to answer this question, and the engineer's getting it hooked up here. But, man, I mean, how can you Euro cucks, uh, I mean, not your your Canadian bacon moose humpers, how in the hell can you sit on your thumb and allow this corrupt piece of crap? How could you allow this corrupt piece of crap to continue to lead this country? Can somebody explain that? Can one of you idiots from Canada explain to me how in the hell you can allow this stupid, disgusting fraud who obviously hates your country to to continue on with this crap? Huh? I'm serious! Do you got an engineer? All right, listen to this, all right? Here is Justin Cuckold Connoisseur Trudeau, the Canadian Prime Minister. Here he is, stumbling and mumbling like a little jerk about explaining his ethics violation. Listen to this. I, I, you can't make this up. Let, go ahead, engineer. 
not have occurred to you, with all due respect. You're going to take a free holiday from someone you consider a friend, but obviously you have a different definition of a friend than the commissioner. You knew that they had a lobbying registry, that they were set up to lobby the government. How could it not have occurred to you that that might not have been okay? The fact is, we work uh, the, uh, sorry, let me just try to reorder, reorder the thought. We um, worked with uh, the, the uh, lobby conflict of interest commissioner uh, on a regular basis on a broad range of issues. I don't know about you there, On this issue of family vacation with a personal friend, um, it wasn't uh, considered that there would be an issue there. Not have occurred to you, with all due respect. You're going to take a free holiday from someone you can. Anyway, did you hear this idiot stumble and mumble like a little jerk? For Christ's sake, did you hear him? Did you hear him? I'm just saying, folks. I'm just saying that you idiots in Canada, how in the hell can you allow this man to continue to lead your country when he's a blatant anti-Canadian scumbag is beyond me. I mean, what the hell are they feeding you all in Canada? Is it because you don't have enough sun out there or something? I mean, give Moose. me a break. Wake up. I mean, this idiot, Moose. Justin Trudeau, okay? This idiot, Justin Trudeau, Moose. went to this Aga Khan's private island and he's not a personal friend of Justin Trudeau. He was a friend of Pierre okay, Trudeau, Tom. Justin Trudeau's father. Hey, and according to the ethics investigation, he's, he hasn't had any goddamn contact, Justin Trudeau that is, he hasn't had any goddamn contact with this Aga Khan until he, his father's funeral was probably the most recent time he had ever had any close relations with Aga Khan. So for this idiot, Justin Trudeau, to claim that he, he that Aga Khan's a personal friend of his is a bunch of crap. And you all heard that Aga Khan's little organization is a lobbying firm. I mean, they're lobbyists. They're, they're signed up in Canada's lobbyists, for Christ's sake. And this idiot, you want to know why he was stumbling and mumbling like an idiot little jerk? Because much like Obama... He has to pre-read. He has to pre-know what the hell he's going to say. I mean, all you got to do is take a look at him whenever he's questioned in Parliament to take a look at how disingenuous and how pre-written this stupid idiot Trudeau is. What a piece of work, all right? I, I can't believe this crap. You people from Canada are pathetic, all right? Let's take a look. How many times did he go and and take a trip to Aga Khan, Aga Khan's private island. And lest we forget, Aga Khan is the honorary title of Imam of Shia Imami Ismaili Muslims, okay? So that's where he's vacationing, uh, with the honorary the guy with the honorary title of Imam of the Shia Imami Ismaili Muslims. That's, that's where he's vacationing. That's where he's vacationing. And not to mention, it's not a one-time gig. He's visited there in December of 2014. He's visited there in January of 2016. His wife took her friends there March 2016. I mean, give me a break. I mean, come on, Canada. How can you allow this stupid cuckold connoisseur who's destroying your country who's eliminating the whole concept of what a Canadian is.
You understand? Ruining a whole concept of what a Canadian is, for Christ's sake. He's bringing in ISIS. He's bringing in ISIS, and he sold all your gold reserves to do it. He sold all of Canada's gold reserves for this stupid experiment, and why you Canadians aren't rising up is beyond me. I think you're just a bunch of moose-humping cucks, and I can't believe that nobody is living up there. It's, it's disgusting. I, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I, you know what? I, if y'all are going to do nothing about Justin Trudeau in Canada, then you get whatever you deserve. I mean, at least here in America, we finally elected a president that's going to make America great again and is not going to allow us to be sold out by pro-globalist communists like Obama, like Justin Trudeau. We got a president that's a true American hero. And why you goddamn Canadians aren't saying anything about it, I have no idea. Anyway, look, let's take some quick gab shout-outs. And then we'll take a couple of radio graffiti callers, all right? And if you want a gab shout-out, all you got to do is like the post on my gab account that states, It's Baller Friday Christmas, True Capitalist Radio, now live. All right? If you like that post, I will give you a gab shout-out live right here on the broadcast right here and now. Do we got any uh, shout-outs, Engineer? All right, well, let's go ahead and get some Gab shout-outs right now. <laughs> All right, who we got here? We got Russell Egan. Uh, we got the snake guy. Is that the snake nerd, for Christ's sake? Just shut up. We got trans corn. Did you put a pair of balls on an ear of corn, you idiot? Good God. Merry Christmas, ghost. Yeah, I know. Merry Christmas to everybody, baby. All right? How wonderful is that to say now, now that Obama and and, and all the godless atheists of the Democrats are no longer in power, for Christ's sake. It's great. It's great. Anyway, who else do we got here? We got Ghost is Mr. Clean. Yeah, shut up. All right? Shut up. I'm not bald, asshole. Anyway, we got Supa in the house. What's going on? We got Tyron. Uh, We got the transistor. Whatever the hell that means. Uh, we got Tickle My Christmas Tree. Uh, shut up! We got Centerlink Capitalist, Steven Universe. Ah, uh, shut up. Fly on the Wall Trading, Ghost Denture Adventure. Look, I got all my teeth, asshole. I don't know hey, what the hell you're talking about. Me. My we got King Fish Sticks in the house. We got Hetman in the house. We got Hans Govensmitz. Uh, we got, uh, what's going on to Spark Synapse, Steam Awards first, Ghosties next. What the hell does that mean? What the hell does that mean? I'd fork a drink with ghosts. What the hell does that mean, I'd fork a drink with ghosts? What the hell does that mean? We got BN King in the house, Alabama capitalist. Uh, Grandma Albin got ran over by a trans deer. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I knew, I knew this crap. I knew it. I knew it. And what the hell is that supposed to mean anyway, you stupid tar? Give me the mic. Good God. What the hell is that supposed to mean? We got heavy 
capitalist. Uh, who else we got here? We got anger issues equals autism. No, what the hell are you talking about? What the hell are you talking about? It's you, autist, that piss me off and get me angry. Do you understand that? It's you, autists. Good God. We got the crypto bro dog, Edgar Shield, in the house. Jesus Christ. Who else do we have here? I'm not going to say those sick names. I'm not saying those sick names. EBT coin, for Christ's sake, you moron. Shut up. We got Chris Hyde. We've got uh, San Antonio's number two diaper boy. What the hell does that mean, you dumbass? We got Shekelstein Noseberg. We got John Cooey. We got uh, Vincent Freeman. Once again, if you want a Gab shout out, all you've got to do is re- yeah, like the first or like the post on my Gab account that states it's Baller Friday Christmas. And I'll give you a shout out right here on the broadcast. We've got uh, Davey Forkett. What the hell does that mean, you idiot? How many gay coins for an inner circle slot? You shut up. Shut up. You all shut up. All right? Don't make fun of the inner circle, baby, all right? We're living large, for Christ's sake. We're capitalists. And you all wish that you could be the kind of capitalist we were, baby. The kind of capitalist we are, baby. Give me a All right, you know what? That's it. I'm not taking any more Gab shout-outs because I can see where you idiots are coming from. Let's just go ahead and take a couple more calls of Radio Graffiti, and let's see if we can get some kind of semblance of decent freaking content around here, right? All right? And for you folks that are unaware, Radio Graffiti is a part of the broadcast where the spectators become a part of the spectacle. All you've got to do is give me a call right now. And the number to call is 516-453-9903. And when I call on your area code, you've got exactly three to four seconds to say whatever it is that's on your mind. That's why we call this Radio Graffiti. And by the way, do we have any Radio Graffiti calls, engineer? All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some Radio Graffiti right now. Anonymous Radio Graffiti. Um, yes, this is George Soros, and I want to let no ghost and the people of the inner circle that you are afraid for my masterful plan. All of the idiots invested in party to cause that my public boast on. And now I control all of your money. And when you least expect it, I will break for my coin. And I broke the fucking bank of England. And you want to know why I'm doing all of this? Because... Shut up! I know what you're getting at! You're trying to act like George Soros and saying 42 coins a scam! Shut up your ass! Alright? Shut up your ass and shut up! Anonymous Radio Graffiti! Yeah, you're taking too long, you stupid idiot. 847 Radio Graffiti. Hey, hey, yo, it's me. I got, a, I got a couple questions for you about What about economics? So, what's the difference between demand side and supply side? If you don't know that, you're an idiot, all right? Supply side means the people producing 
Demand side is the consumers, you stupid moron. Give me a 4-2-3 radio graffiti. I'm going to have to do the inevitable, folks. I want to be honest with you, folks. I'm about to do something I do not want to do. I guess this is what everybody wants. Huh? This is what you all wanted, huh? I guess this is all going to make you all happy, huh? Let me get my freaking gun. Let me get my freaking gun out of here, for Christ's sake. I don't want to do this, but you people are trying to make me do it. <sighs> Can't believe I'm about to do this. <laughs>
God, man. Oh, my God. I don't even know what, what the hell am I supposed to. 614 Radio Graffiti. G'day, guys. It's the Still and Mate. I just wanted to take this opportunity before Christmas to wish yourself, uh, the engineer, Mrs. Ghost, and all the all the listeners, mate, Merry Christmas. Uh, no, don't. I got I, 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 no paint sniffing, man. Good God, man. 713 Radio Graffiti. Hey, Feliz Navidad, man. Happy holidays, goes. Pet Mexican. Oh, look, it's the Pet Mexican. I'm glad you're not splicing me now. What the hell have you been splicing me for, man? Oh, no, man, that's just a little low, man. I like to have a little fun, but, you know, today I just wanted to, you know, congratulate you on everything and make sure you're, you know, you're right. I want to wish you, you know, Merry Christmas. You know, it's, you know, people give you a hard time, but not, I don't want to do it to, like, today or Uh, Well, I hope not there. Chew on a rubber tortilla and Feliz Narvidar, all right? Anonymous Radio Graffiti. My name is Pete. Oh, man, we heard, we heard a fat sneeze right there. We, th- there's the culprit, some fat-ass sneezing. 336 Radio Graffiti. Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? What, what, the, hell else, what the hell else do we... I, I mean, are you all playing butt darts and we are now in... We're now not being broadcasted. This is the fourth hour... So we're going to take a couple of these. We're just going to take a couple more of these, and that's it, all right? 618 Radio Graffiti. Hey, guys. I just want to say happy Fall of Friday, and I'm heading out to the bar. Oh, it's Fitch heading out to the bar. Happy Baller Friday, man, and be safe, all right? Be safe, man, all right? And watch where you put your wang. Watch where you put the wang. How about 902 <laughs> Radio Graffiti? Hey, guys. Happy Baller Friday. I just want to meet uh, – Wish you a Merry Christmas, for Christ's sake. Um, I made a lot of money in uh, Quantum and uh, put into Dash, and I've been hanging on this week, man. Hey, man, congrats, and that's the way you do it, man. Living lavish, and I wanted to let everybody know that Inner Circle slots will be available this Christmas Eve, and I will be doing a Christmas Eve show, folks. All right? Now, look, I know that maybe I was a little hard on you tonight, some of you autists and some of you Asperger idiots and all that, and I had to expose the whole 4chan thing. But we're going to have ourselves a nice Christmas Eve special, all right? So everybody out there who's listening, it'll be a great, great Christmas Eve show. We'll make sure to have 30 minutes of radio graffiti, all right? We'll make sure to have the gab. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that I will not have a show on Christmas Day since I'm going to have a show on Christmas Eve evening, all right? So make sure to book it on your calendars this Sunday, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, Christmas Eve, baby! Christmas Eve! <laughs> anyway, folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in with me on this Baller Friday Christmas edition. I hope you enjoyed it, but wait till Christmas Eve, baby, all right? Wait till Christmas Eve. It'll be a great show, and I hope that you have the Christmas spirit on Christmas Eve and not be a bunch of troll terrorists and cyber vermin, all right? Until Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas. Make sure to do all your goddamn Christmas shopping for everybody that truly you care about, all right? If you don't care about them, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. And I also want to say that the Ghosties will be on New Year's Eve, folks. That's right. 
That's right, New Year's Eve, the Ghosties. And uh, we have a lot of people gabbing at me, uh, giving me their uh, their nominations for. Uh, here, let me go ahead and break down all the nominations here. G- give me that. Give me that. Damn it, nominations. Best shout out name, folks. Best remix. Best audio splicer. Best fail troll. Best trans testicle. I don't know if we even have anybody. Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe Twilly. I don't know. Best Mexican, best black guy, best brony. I, I guess we'll keep the best brony for Christ's sake. We've had it every time. We've had it every time. Uh, most memorable meme of the year, the worst TCR character of the year, TCR fan of the year, uh, TCR uh, chat room of the year, and TCR troll of the year. And by God, Capitalist of the Year. Everybody's trying to attain Troll and Capitalist of the Year. And by the way, I will mail you a ghostie if you happen to win on New Year's Eve. All you have to do is just give me your address, and I will give you a ghostie award, just like I gave the folks last year, if you want it. If not, I completely understand, all right? Anyway, folks, I want to thank everybody for tuning in with me on this Baller Friday This Christmas Eve, I want you to get all of your family and gather around and listen to the True Capitalist Radio broadcast because we're going to be talking politics. We're going to be having some goddamn fun, for Christ's sake. And not to mention, I'm thinking an hour, I'm thinking about a half hour of radio graffiti. And of course, we're going to have Gab shout outs. It's going to be classic True Capitalist Radio. Just don't piss me off. Just don't piss me off. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, have a Merry Christmas. I will see you all this Christmas Eve. It will be a Christmas Eve to remember. <laughs> and I hope I don't fall off the wagon because I, I definitely want to drink. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I definitely want to drink. So maybe we fall off the wagon. I, I know I've got bleeding ulcers and all that stuff, but, hey, man, I need a goddamn drink. I need a drink. So maybe I'll be drinking. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Mrs. Ghost is trying to stop me, but I got I just I just need to freak I just need a beer. I just need a beer. And maybe this Christmas Santa will give me some beers. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening in. Make sure to follow me on Gab, folks, under the name Politics Ghost. And, of course, add to your favorites the official website of the True Capitalist Radio Show, blogtalkradio.com slash ghost. That's blogtalkradio.com slash ghost, folks. And like I said, inner circle slots will be available by Christmas Eve. And uh, if you're interested, fine. If not, I completely understand. And what you're buying is an exclusive access to yours truly uh, and the inner circle. We're all experienced crypto traders we're business folks we've got capital i mean we are all about making each other successful and that's the point getting networked with other people not just in the united states but throughout the world okay throughout the world and not to mention christmas eve we may hear we may hear from mrs ghost you know we may hear from templeton you know we may have we may be having a little small party here. Who knows, baby? You have to be here Christmas Eve, all right? And I know you're off, so there should be no reason why you're not here. And not to mention, I promise 30 minutes of radio graffiti, all right? 
30 minutes of radio graffiti, unless it sucks the chrome up of a 57 Chevy bumper. Anyway, folks, thank you very much for tuning in with me. Long live the capitalist revolution, and God bless the president of the United States, Donald Trump. I will see you this Christmas Eve, 6.30 p.m., Central Standard Time. You be here, baby. I'm out of here. <laughs> it's Christmas! It's Christmas! <laughs> be here Sunday, Christmas Eve, 6.30 p.m., Central Standard Time. It'll be a Christmas to remember! Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. Mainly yeah, mainly some children. Uh it's a good said there's only one thing I want for Christmas. Summer vacation. That's one thing is to, to bring Leonardo DiCaprio to my house because I think he's cute. I would like to meet M E A T meet him. If you could do that, it would be so grateful. Thanks, Anna. <laughs> uh, another one. How are you, Santa? If you can't, you cannot buy what I want. Take it easy on yourself. Just give me tens and twenties. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> oh, you're back. Uh, There's a kid that says, Santa, please leave before 6 a.m. My alarm goes off at 6. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, it's cold in here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The other night on um, on If's uh, slideshow, you know, that slideshow was pretty funny. I was, I was bad on that slideshow, but I, I couldn't help myself. It said, Dear Sina, I want a baby brother, and Sina replies back, Send me your mother. <laughs> I, just, I just laughed. I said, I'll be there.
Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. <laughs> I came back with a hundred more facts. With a hundred more facts. Wait, wait, okay, so. So, uh, I had a show earlier. We had him come on at KD. The nigga wasn't sick of it thrown at him. Yes, he had him on earlier. <laughs> and he was just like, yo, you know, he got what it was. Like, yo, my nigga, it wasn't planned. This, this, this is why I say Battle Rap is weird, bro. And I told this nigga all this shit on here. Like, it's like it wasn't planned. He didn't say throw all these cigarettes at me, but he said, yo, do, do something to go viral. Like, I mean, if you got to throw cigarettes and whatever. Like, he was expecting something to happen to him because they wanted to go viral, basically. You know what I'm saying? That's why I said this shit is kind of wild. I mean, that's, that, I mean that, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at that. That's actually, that's actually something top tierish to do. You know, like, I'm sure you guys hear of top tiers, like, hitting each other up before the battle is a way to make the battle more classic, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's, that's actually that's actually kind of fire that, that a PG would think to do that. That's shout to him. Why? why Even though it went, it went way left. It went way left. But, like, shout out to the idea. No, there is no shout out to no fucking. Why would you shout that idea out, sir? Why? Why? Because he, sh- he should have picked out? a different. Uh, he should have picked a di- not an antic. He should have just picked a different way to go viral. That's like actually battle rap, you know. And that and hold on. But it was a good idea to like hit up your opponent before to make the battle more classic. I mean, I, I, Brad said yeah. uh, what Brad said. He searched that, and it was corny when they did it too. Brad, you be saying a lot of dumbass comments too. I'll be watching you on Facebook. You do say a lot of dumbass shit sometimes. <laughs> go ahead, bro. You have to go tell you. You say some dumb ass shit sometimes. Go ahead. You're talking to me? I'm sorry. Oh. He tried to say that Hitman and Surf did it too, but I mean, number one, no one even believed Hitman and Surf was even going to fight. It was obviously fake, my nigga. So why would you even say it? It was corny when they did it. Like, bro, like all this antique shit. And then on top of that, Hitman and Surf, they try to do it to build the, the, the build. The, the, the anticipation up for the battle. These niggas did it in a battle. It's not the same fucking thing. God damn, bro. Niggas be having time. I don't understand niggas. Wait, is he talking about when Hitman and Khan in their third round where they was like, I told you it would work. Oh, I, thought, I, said, I said it wouldn't work. You talking about that? Come on, Hitman and Surf with the fake fight. That, that was not during a battle. So why would you even say that dumbass shit? It wasn't during the battle. Like, I don't understand. Niggas just be saying, be blurting out anything that comes to their mind sometimes about battle rap. They don't really think about what they're saying and shit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to him. I'm just saying. But um, shout out to him. I, I, I just, no one else can go <laughs> that. Please don't pre-arrange a vir- uh, something to go viral. Let's 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 match this out. Let's, let's let me take your wallet so we can make world start. Like, come on, my nigga. They gotta rap on me that shit, man. Get the fuck out of here with that corny ass shit. Go join Daylight Antic League if you want that. Like, go subscribe to that channel. That's not what you are really known for, bro. You're always known for these getting punched in their fucking mouth because they, uh, your opponent had hit their face. Because you think it's gritty over here. It's not no antique shit. That, come on, man. Get the fuck out of here with that shit, bro. Wait, so Caps, Caps, so 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 the dot of your head, dot of your, that, the, the, the murder mook shit, that, that wasn't an antic? The what? What? No. The, no. The murder mook doing the dot on your head, the... The the the, the shit against you, Jones. I'm being real shit. I'm a all nigga. I really not even like that shit like that, bro. I did because the battle was so crazy at that point in time. It was I didn't like that shit. I didn't like that. I even told Mook that I didn't like that shit. 
It was I'm down in your head, that on that. Like, come on, my nigga. Like, how is this nigga supposed to one of your whole entourages behind you doing that shit? Like, that shit is kind of crazy right there, bro. I don't even understand that. I like. I that got shit. a random I question. Like it's kind of off topic, song, but I, I kind of wanted to ask it because I've been meaning to talk to you guys about it. What up? You guys remember like a few months ago when I was up here, last time I was up here, and I said that Twerk had a top 10 pin in the URL all time? Yeah, you, you was drunk. You were yes, drunk. I was drunk. Well, I've, I've yeah. recently, well, I've recently, that's all I've been seeing. And I think Tony, I think Tony, bro, I think he said something about there. that too. I didn't oh, I say top did. ten all time. Like I think, I think those, I think those people are very young Tony, bro, who are saying that. Like, I, Tony, bro, if you're getting ready to sit here and say twerk is top ten pen of all time, like, I gotta go ahead, bro. Uh, absolutely not. No, no. I don't even think I, I don't even think it's enough work out on the streets to even put him in that. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like right? I, I he's think got more work. He's got type. more work. Oh, he's on, got more on, work bro. this hold year on, bro. than bro. Murder Mook has bro. on YouTube bro. completely. Bro. <laughs> Wait, Wait before you put out, before you put on your cape, my nigga. Damn. Let me. Can I get my thought out? Shit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. God. God. Damn. All right. So. So. My thing is about when you talk about top pens and shit, it's about influence over time. I think it's way too early to even have that conversation about twerk. That, Wait, your pen point. is about your influence I think over time? Way, I, think, I, think, I think this is way too early to be even saying some shit like that. Because you, you don't know what... Uh, cause so I you're think, saying, I think, you're uh, saying, you're saying Danger you, Zone had more let influence let me, than twerk. Let me, let, me, well, let me finish, though. Let me finish. I think, I think the, for oh, me, man. the top, the guys with the best pens... With the best pins had it like they influenced the next generation or whoever. Like you know what I'm saying? And we don't everyone know isn't trying to be brother. little New Jersey how, twerk right now. We don't we don't uh, exact well, okay, that's that's a good point. But I'm I'm saying that we don't know how over time we're gonna look back at what New Jersey twerk is doing and be like, Okay, that's great. Because 'Cause I've looked back over time and said, damn, like what uh what Lux is doing, what Chiller was doing, what Khan was doing. You know what I'm saying? What QP was doing, like how they actually inspired the way that niggas put their shit together. I can't say that for Torque because we don't know yet. It's way it's just too early for me to say that. That that's my that's well. My, think think about this. You know what I'm saying? What? Lux said Torque is in the running to get a battle with him this year. So if that's not changing, is, I, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what is. Lux is a fucking troll. Lux is a troll. So I mean, yeah, he's not. Fight. He said God he's damn. a people's champ. He said he said. Listen, he said clear as day. When I chose Calico, the people loved Calico. He was the people's champ. The people loved him. He was a young gunner. He wasn't an old vet. He was a young gunner that everybody loved. That's Twerk right now. That's why Twerk was the only other name of young guys that he even mentioned. Because he's the only one that's thinking about battling. If he battles yes, Twerk, Loaded Lux is waiting for the fans to get red. behind one of four battles. One of four battles. He's waiting for the fans to get behind, it, it seems like. So it's really up to us to figure out which one we want. Do we want the Bird battle? Do we want the JC battle? Do we want the Twerk battle? Or do we want the Goods battle? That's what it's looking like. And he's waiting for us to pick one. I, I just think that's stupid. I, I don't even know how. That, like, he's old. Like, the Verb battle has been, like, he's owed that battle for, like, almost, like, what? Yeah, but he said that he does, with Verb, he doesn't Shit. feel like Verb can physically beat him. That there's no, there's no point. It's like, he wants a challenge. He wants a challenge. He said that, like, 80 times. He wants somebody that's going to challenge oh, his pen no. and push his pen. Who out of the four is going to do that the most? If you really listen I, to that, I, you can tell that I he's, he's itching for that smoke with, with a certain somebody, but it's all good. 
If I mean you, you're his manager, so you got to do this. I get it, but I think I think Tim Wise, who would push his pin, I think that's JC, and I think that's O Red right now. I think I think they're right. I think what they're oh, right. right. Wow. And, and Pork isn't far behind. Heard let me, let me, Pork, Pork is not Pork is not far behind. I just think there's a whole line of niggas that I feel like have been worthy of the battle lux, who has just been able to just sit out and witness and battle rap witness protection for like the last whatever years and shit. Like I just I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think the verb battle makes sense. I think these these role games make sense. It's a whole lot of. I think the verb battle why. made sense. It made sense. It doesn't make sense now. No one thinks verb can beat Lux. He's, like, come he on. Is, he has owned that battle for years, bro. We don't know. You can I want mean, a battle. You can verb. want a battle all you want. Focus. Doesn't mean you you are capable of beating. What what verb battle? Focus. Like verb. in the past three years has been like, oh yeah, this could hang with Lux. What Listen, verb man, battle watch, in the last watch, three years? Okay, you gonna let me answer? You mean, yeah, I, I watch Lux. I watch Lux damn near lose Arsenal. Whatever, niggas should kill me for that. And I think what I Verb had him losing Arsenal. I had him losing Arsenal. But and, and what Verb put together versus B dot. But besides the fact the rounds are short, I think that could fuck with what Lux is doing. It, it could give Lux a challenge. <laughs> Whatever, niggas send your hate mail to me at Tone Capital. I don't give a fuck. Y'all niggas be deifying this nigga like he just some like. God damn, it's battle rap, nigga. Like, let people battle him. Like, let's let's see. Shit, I I don't know what he's gonna look like against another rider. I haven't seen him up against another rider yet. When's the last time you seen Lux up against a dude who who's writing some cold ass shit? I mean, I guess you could what you could say Iron. I I don't know. Not well, not not even mm. Iron. I'm confusing that with Mook. Like, what what what? Who is Lux battle? Were you like? Damn, this nigga was actually pushing his pen, saying some shit. The only person you could say that about is Arsenal, because he was in his fucking bag against Lux. And I yeah, yeah he was he was talking to him. He so, was talking so to him. So goddamn. So why so why are we why are we acting like an inspired verb? Verb is gonna like get out of bed and fucking he's gonna go back to varsity jacket verb with the with the low Caesar. You know what I'm saying? With the, like he's going. He's when have we in. ever? When have you ever seen a vet just come back and be their old self and be crazy? When have you ever seen it? Like, come on, dude, stop, stop praying, stop. Don't be a wish uh, about a vet. Come on. What do you, what do you mean? What? Uh, of course I'm not. I, I'm not, I'm definitely not wish upon a vet. I'm right, not, well, when has it I ever happened? Like, I'm waiting for it to happen. I think, I think people are hiding Lux to hold on to this idea. That like there's some supreme being in they're battle. They're not hiding like, you know him from like, Verb. They're just waiting for a good matchup. Just they're hiding verb, him, isn't it? They're hiding him from everyone. But but what the cri- look at the criteria for what makes a good matchup with Lux. Like JC gets three three O's on URL to begin the fucking year, and that and and, and at that point I was like, okay, I kind of feel like that this might be enough to justify the shit. You got the Ilmac battle which came out and which by the way. Y'all niggas was going ham on JC about that shit. I think that number one, I think JC won it in my opinion, and I think yeah, that I got JC great. first so, and third. Yep, I got JC first. Like, and third. like what the fuck? So, so, but, 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 but you ask these niggas, and it's like one minor. Like if 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 whoever the battler, okay, so say if Twerk tomorrow calls out Lux immediately, the microscope, and, and you'll be busy uh, battling these niggas on Twitter, and everybody's gonna have something to say because the minute you call out Lux. Everybody just goes like they just don't know how to compute this shit like a like a fucking mm-hmm. robot that you can toss water on like niggas just can't compute like it just it pisses me off it's like goddamn like you gotta be goddamn perfect to battle a nigga that's not perfect what what like what is that so 
whatever. Mm. And we'll be revisiting this conversation in three more years, too, I suppose. This shit is just like, <laughs> god damn, man. Oh, man. Man, it's crazy, know. man. I don't uh, know if you guys know, man. Recorded live. Yeah. You are unmuted. And stuff. You know, I mean, as if you're not wasting enough time listening to podcasts, these podcasts, those then want to recommend you all these several books to read and waste even more of your time, you know, looking at pages, yeah, and then waste time after listening to the podcast discussing you know the books <laughs> that waste your time talking about history and shit so I mean Siege probably is you know if you're going to pick like one book I mean that seems like that's probably something that would uh, walk in the right direction at this time or I mean even when it was written in the 80s or whatever, uh, it would have to be updated. Somebody should do more of a revolutionary update of it where it doesn't talk about the old battle movement leaders and shit like that. Uh, That just kind of gets in the way, unless you're going to use maybe some examples or whatever. Plus, it probably should not discuss Charles Manson, which, I mean, he's just a degenerate fucking druggy, a failed musician or whatever. He's trying to be a singer or something. He started a band and that didn't happen for him, so he just kind of got all pissed off or whatever. <laughs> uh, plus, the guy probably wasn't even white to begin with or something. He's just, he looks like he's just a fucking homeless bum. Beer, nigger, 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 nigger. Hey, that's Roddy. Roddy Kite on there. A long time. I thought talks you and poor old Forja and had you taken out. So my trolls went and hunted you down, I guess, to come interrupt the show. No, <laughs> no, Tom. I'm on. I'm. Uh, I just hacked Todd's call, if you will, and. He, he logged in. I heard him on the uh, talk show out there. And I was like, damn, that's Damon. I, haven't, I thought you would come and find me and tell me where you're at. Yeah, I figured they would go hunting down Donaldson or you to get on here. But, uh, no, I figured you gave up. Got 404 and gave up. Uh, I haven't even hunted for Lempstead and Fat Kite. Yeah, I, well, you know, talked to you, erased all my accounts, and 
So a lot of the shit, well, all the shows are not available anymore. But I did a podcast last month that was kind of shitty. But my guest canceled on me tonight because of his technical difficulties. So I just been kind of winging it on my own. And I'm going through the chat here. Our friend uh, Trumpy Rich went to uh, YouTube as ACL Live or something, and he's already been blackballed by YouTube. Yeah, I know. I never followed his shit. Besides, yeah, Trumpy Rich. Well, well, he uh, he wasn't blackballed. He he knows one of those copyright strikes, but yeah, you can't see the chat that I have because uh, the way he talks to you when you come in is the only part of the chat you can see. But I'm like going through my chat here. Uh, <laughs> I've seen if there's anything worthwhile. I've kind of been commenting back on some of it. Um, so, I don't know. When did you come in here? Just now? I'm on Todd Morris' call. Uh, okay. Yeah, I saw he... Uh, he fired up his uh, show there. I figured he would. Uh, he likes to record other people's podcasts as part of his. Uh, uh, he was just on show. Blog Talk. Have you have you heard of a Blog Talk guy named Ghost? Oh, funny. No, I mean Todd Morris. The way he does this show, he needs to have it where it automatically unmutes you when you call in, so I can uh, partake in his, you know, nigger bashing. Uh, well, uh, some of the some of the hackers on talks you have released one of the secret codes you call in instead of using your PIN number, just hit zero 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 pound as your PIN, and you're automatically unmuted. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, he used to have it where you just come in and be unmuted automatically, and so I was able to participate. But then he went back to having everybody block. <clears throat> he does a lot of good work over there, though. <laughs> Yeah, apparently, apparently Todd has been hijacking the. He's owning the word, the N word, you know. And no one can say it yeah. on his call, but he can get on other calls and say it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, he'll block, he'll block you on his chat. Oh, yeah. Don't want anybody talking, interrupting his calls where he lets. You know, just stuff play while he snores. <laughs> uh, Is Link dead or is Fat Cat still doing a talk show call? Yeah. Fat uh, Kike, I guess, is doing right one right now. To, don't uh, tell me the numbers, because I don't want to be accused of, you know, ratting them out. I guess he's trying to do a pro Kikemus show. 
to counter my anti-Kaikmas shows tonight. I just don't care to listen to. You know, they get good intentions doing what they're doing. I just can't. I just can't follow that stuff. Listen to it. Scrolling through the chat still, they. Uh, yeah, I don't watch it as I'm uh, talking because it kind of distracts me. But <clears throat> oh, I'm trying to catch up. Talk she's been niggering lately, you know. Angela had, well, Angela Stark uh, on Thursday. She has problems every week. But uh, this one was a legitimate issue with the Live Pro isn't working well with the Windows 10. Java, you got to go in and punch this in and allow it to run on Windows 7. And that's a horseshit. Somebody's telling me to stop doing book reviews of books you haven't even read. <laughs> well, I'm just going by what I've heard other people say about of them, about uh, books. Basically, Siege is what I'm talking about, which is a compilation of articles from the the early '80s. Uh, so, I mean, of course, a lot of things aren't even, I guess you could twist how they uh, relate to today. You know, but, uh, not exactly, I'm sure. It, I mean, I've heard people talk about it. Uh, and you can always pull some good stuff out of anything, usually. Uh-uh. I'm not being highly critical of it as uh you know, some other books probably, but uh, I'm just saying it's not like uh the end all book, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, does it really give tactics of what to do? Or does it just say do stuff? I mean <laughs> because I'm expecting that it basically just like how the Might is Right network was, you know, it just was like get the hardcore attitude. So I'm pretty sure James Mason and his siege articles was just trying to get people to get the hardcore or as he said, revolutionary attitude. But it gives no solutions or uh, tactical advice or anything beyond just saying, like, eliminate the enemy or something. But, you know, that's where uh, at least the Ghost Wolf radio shows series had some uh, tactical suggestions of operations of what to do. 
uh, you know, illegal things, of course, because only violence can uh, correct the problem. Yeah, and that's where uh, at least seeds. I know uh, from what yeah, I've been trying to skim over some things uh, on uh, siegeculture.com and uh, what I gather is like obviously James Mason agrees that there is no political solution you know so I'm sure he even says it you know that there's only a violent solution I mean, right off the cover of his books, you know, it shows uh, uh, you know, uh, combat or you know, riots or whatever those scenes are. Yeah, well, now the uh, Tart Hunter's uh, making fun of when I was talking about song lyrics being all that you need. Saying, Damon, you're a genius. And he's trying to miss the point there is that things are not as complicated. Basically, all these books like Siege is just trying to get you to have the hardcore attitude, but puts it in text form, which is not. I mean, some, you know, the intellectual masturbation, you know, maybe they get off and enjoy reading books. So that maybe is how they're inspired by looking at words and flipping pages. But I don't think it is as emotionally useful as propaganda as music is with, you know, of course, uh, the same type of uh, revolutionary lyrics are, you know, uh, so it's more useful all the music that's already has been out and was made decades ago now also uh, is much better propaganda for any cause than uh, articles or books of articles or any type of written propaganda, of course. Uh, I mean, people uh, talk down on wiggers and stuff. Well, all that was created through music. The niggers did not publish books. And the Jews didn't publish books by niggers to turn a lot of white youth and white people in general into wiggers that worship uh, black rappers and black uh, nigger ball players and stuff. No, that is, uh, yeah, books is not worth that. So <laughs> only for, you know, a small amount of people, and those, those are the type of people that try to backlash at me and. Yeah, maybe try to say I'm uh, illiterate. That's not the problem. I can read books. And uh, I can finish a 500-page book over a weekend. 
in two days. I read Nature's Eternal Religion in one weekend in 48 hours. Yeah, well, that's also with sleeping stuff. So it was probably like, you know, I pretty much I stayed at it over those two days. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, between the two days, it was probably only like 24 hours of reading, you know, because you got to sleep and eat and uh, such, you know. But, uh, yeah, basically the same with... Uh, white man's Bible a couple of days. So that's not the issue. And I, you know, I could read a lot more books. And then, I mean, the more books you read, the more you forget. And that's a lot of people's problem. Probably in the bowel movement, the hobbyists that read dozens of books. Wait a minute, I mean, wait a minute. Are they... what, what's, the, what's the white man's Bible? Well, you can search it out. You can find it on uh, whitepeopleawake.com. Are you talking and, about our good our good Christian brother, King James? No, I'm not. <laughs> but Clarkson, when he wrote Nature's Eternal Religion, he actually, because at that time, you know, that was his first book, he did refer to uh, the Christian Bible as the white man's Bible, you know, Meaning, well, King James, yeah. King James was a was a great man in his Bible. His Bible no. saved the lives and souls of millions of Africans and Indian brethren by taking yeah. the, the, the white, by taking the good Christian name. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but uh, no, because uh, yeah, but what class I meant by that is. You know, there's a part in Nature of Eternal Religion, though, that, because, uh, you know, he talks, he says, you know, of course, the Jews wrote the Christian Bible for white people to destroy themselves with, and that's why he calls it, you know, the white man's Bible in that one. But then that's before he wrote his second book, which he titled The White Man's Bible. Uh, and he said he would have called the first his first book that, but he didn't think of it at that time. But actually, he did, because written in there, you know, he says that title when he's uh, referring to uh, the New Testament. You know, because the Old Testament is uh, stronger, you know, and that's for the Jews to be the strong, and then the New Testament is for the weak, which is what they wanted the white people. To uh, be infected with. Yeah, a couple troll tards left to go to fat kikes. Little uh, kikeness show there. I still got. Most of my troll tires here. So. What, what's what's the call number? <laughs> well, I don't want to advertise him on here. I'll drop it in the chat. There's a, a bunch of nonsense. But uh, yeah, you can go there and bother him. He'll just block his chat because I mean, he's really not fun to troll anymore. 
because he just censors the chat and the the call. I mean, I'll, I might let you call in for a bit, but uh, he doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> We used to talk on shows, but uh, he doesn't like religion being brought up, especially Christ and sanity. Uh, well, I may, I may as well get into that a little bit. Is uh, Yeah, I don't respect Christ cards in the battle movement. I don't think they belong. Because they're not fully woke, for sure, until you realize that Christ and sanity is totally Jewish. It's an enemy propaganda. It's an enemy religion. It's not pro-white at all. There's no pro-white passages you can pull out of it and you can try to twist shit in there, but it's not blatantly pro-white. It's blatantly anti-white, and you can find examples of that in there. It basically says uh, all people are God's children and shit like that, and it's totally Marxist. As Classic points out, and several other uh, authors and just spokesmen and stuff have pointed this out. Uh, and it's got suicidal advice, like love your enemies and turn the other cheek to them and give away everything, you know, to the inferior people and love the weak and just the Sermon on the Mount alone is all that you should have to look at and say the Christ hard Bible is trash, it's suicidal advice. Whether it would be Jewish or not, you know, written by the Jews to give to their enemies, which is the case. But even if not so, uh, it's suicidal advice. I mean, it's not something that white people benefit from believing in. It's it's destructive. It's been very destructive to white people. So, yeah, I mean, and uh, all this stuff has been said and would be said if Klassen did not write his books. He just he had the money to print and publish books is why he kind of gets credit for a lot of those uh, obvious facts. And he doesn't really try to You are unmuted. Hey, Roddy. What do you want? I thought um, I thought you were doing a show at uh, at Gaiman's Game Answers. Roddy, talk to me. Man, I I don't know what it is with these tards. You know, they can call in my show anytime. I'll be more than happy to discuss anything. 
you know, I just don't like certain things in the chat. You know, don't don't be, you know, trying to get my goad and, and playing games with me. You know, if you want to have a, a discussion, we'll discuss things. So, Roddy's here, but he's not going to, um, it doesn't look like he's going to talk. He's just going to listen. You are muted. I'm just going to mute everybody who calls in before. Hold on. Yeah, let me just do this, too. Okay. So, um, okay, yeah, I guess, too, that's right. Outright, they, they, they invent this terminology because it's like a war oh, of God. words. Now or a war of, back it's, too. You know, they want to think it's a war of Moral ideas. But it, it's really semantic. You know, they're playing these word games. This is the liberal thing. And it, the, the liberal thing worked very well within what the, the context of liberalism for liberals. This it's not going to work. They're not going to be fooled by this shit. Oh, my God. You are not welcome here anymore. Don't you understand? The com- people who complain what? about mongrels. The white race is fucked up, man. And when you, re- when you, even yes, if you mix the higher I'm level irate. genetics uh, of a white person and the lower level kind of peasant genetics, I'm talking about a tall, thin Nordic with a, kind of a squat, you know, more Neanderthal, um, you know, peasant type. You're going to get a fucked up person there, too, because a lot of those peasant types, they're real tough, you know, and they have that, uh, what do you call it? They have a lot of psycho, psychopathy or whatever. There A lot of them are psychopaths. They're not, not all psychopaths are bad people. It's just they have that lower level feeling, and you mix those two within the same race. You mix those two, and you get a weird kind of weirdo, you know. You get some somebody like those serial killers out in California. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, people haven't been posting a lot of stuff in my chat because things have slowed down. Maybe it's the holidays or what. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of moving on from the alt-kike. I mean, I was, I'll be honest, I was kind of excited about it in the beginning. You know, I I wasn't red-pilled on Revolution yet. I, I didn't know anything about Mason or, or, or his perspective on things. So it's been clear to me in the last year, this alt-kike is just forget about it. It's just a joke. Um, it just even beside them being Jews and fags and this and that, just the way they present themselves and what they're trying. I mean, even if they were completely, totally honest people, they're not going to be successful, you know? It's just, and they've learned nothing from Bowel Movement 1.0. And everything we're going through now is is in that Mason book. It's incredible. Um, Man, it's incredible how, like, Yaki and Mason, these guys are really uh, light years ahead of their time. So, I don't know. I don't think uh, No Planes is calling in. Uh, Yeah, I mean, usually if No Planes uh, calls in, he's going to, He's going to either just listen or do a show with me. But getting back, so this Jorge Ramos, he's a, I think he's a mamzer. People are saying um, he's, you know, whiter than white and he's white as that. Eh, no, he's not. He's a little manlet. He's got the Jew genetics that the Mexicans have. The conquistadors, they were Jewish. And they came and they impregnated everybody and then they, you know, put their genetics all over. They're probably inbreds, too, the Mexicans. So, 
he's one of those, and he's weird because he's got blue eyes, and people think, you know, he's real white. He's not. But So he's having a bad time. So this is what I'm saying. The left is miserable. And I think Jonathan Bowden even talked about this. They have been more successful just with the system than anything. And they hate the system. You you almost can't understand this stuff. It's like blues music. Like, the Wiggers got the freedom. They always wanted the freedom. There were peasant revolutions in the 1500s and all this stuff. The Wiggers always wanted, the peasant Wiggers always wanted their freedom, and they wanted this system that they got. You know, f- total freedom, chasing life based on money, chasing a money, no rules, do whatever you want, get if you can get away with it, uh, no moral standards. This this is what the peasants wanted, and they got it. And what did they proceed to do? Fucking sing nigger music. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo-hoo, poor me. Oh, boo-hoo. What the fuck? I, I don't understand that. And it's the same thing with these liberals. These liberals have whatever they want, and they're so miserable. And that's where the revolution's going to come from, because... There's not there's not enough people in the right wing. And in the cities, forget about it. The cities are legit, I mean, literally all Bolsheviks. I don't care what those people call themselves, whether they call them Democrats or liberals or this or that or nothing. They're fucking, anybody who preaches tolerance is liberal, is a Bolshevik. And yeah, this is, so this is great. He's He's miserable. Trump, uh, tr- oh, by the way, Trump is not our guy. I cover, covered a post about it. I mean, I, I turned I turned on him a long time ago, but he's really getting in the Jew's pocket now. With He pardoned this, I don't know the guy's name, some Jew, ultra-Orthodox Jew boy in, uh, where do you call it? Uh, Iowa. They came to, they actually, Judicial Inc. had a great little blurb about it. And they, what they did is the, these ultra-Orthodox kikes, I think from New York even, and God only knows, where are these Jews getting this money? You have in Chicago, and I'm not going to say where, cause, but I drove through these places, and I've never, you know, they're next to white neighborhoods, and they're all, the whole block is all Orthodox Jews. They are so networked and so connected and I even had a friend who, when he got married, he bought a diamond from these kikes down, in downtown Chicago. And I think that guy who I'm talking about was a mamzer because um, he didn't like me talking about the Jews. And he, I think he even told me he was part Jewish. And I never, you would never think this guy's, you know, part kike. He's tall and blonde and... So he was buying in the diamond, they call it, I think, the diamond district in Chicago. And that's, yeah, it's the Jews. With, you, they get the discount jewelry and all that. And he, I don't know how, his, I think he, his business, this guy had a business with the family. And I mean, I was clueless about this whole Zog thing, but he's, I think he's a Zogbot. I mean, he's one of those loose kind of Zogbots. He has a, a a company that's connected to Zog, so he's part of All right, Zog. who's responsible for and, this um, idiot coming back to, to the air anymore. today? Who's responsible? But you never... He, this modernization is just... Uh, man, it's got to stop. Because it's like... If somebody doesn't act white, they're not white, as far as I'm concerned. 
You know, I don't care what they look like. If they, if you don't act white, you're not white. Um. Uh. Okay. So, yeah, so this was a great story. I should have probably done a post about it, and I'm so happy about this because uh, it means that it's not too... And this guy's a middle-aged old guy. He's not going to be starting any revolution. So if he's not happy, it means a lot of people on the left are not happy. And that's and even um, Jonathan Bowden talked about that years ago, about how he didn't really analyze it beyond, you know... Um, beyond beyond what it was, beyond like kind of like how it would lead to revolution or or whatnot. But this is how things are going to be uh, gearing up, and it's things are just getting crazier and crazier and crazier with this Bitcoin. It's going up. It's just phony currency. People are so stupid, though. I mean, it's being used. They're like, it's a phony currency. It's pixels on a screen. It's the nothing is backing it. They keep saying about this Bitcoin, nothing is backing it. You, hey, listen, dumbass, nothing is backing the U.S. dollar, you freaking moron. <laughs> this is how, what's the difference between Bitcoin and the U.S. dollar? And I know the Jews control Bitcoin. They came up with it because the thing with Bitcoin is if you know somebody's address, like this is how people found out that Andre the Nigger had 200 and $50,000 in Bitcoin donations sent to him because it's public. There's nothing private in Bitcoin. If you know somebody's address, you can see publicly all the transactions that have they've engaged in. Not necessarily, I think, um, the entities or the names of the people, but you can tell how much money has moved and all this. In fact, Bitcoin is more traceable, I think, than just U.S. dollars. So the whole thing's kind of a total scam. And now it's it's the price has gone way up and now it went down and now it's going up I and mean, it's just crazy. So it's just another Jew scam. It's it's just I think another way that they're gonna steal shekels from you eventually. But it's being used. It it has a purpose. It's not just pixels on a screen like these dumbasses say. Um it's it's going to be used. I think the demand is going to be going up because you get on the internet if you do certain transactions in different places, you get advantages if you use Bitcoin. And this is another way that I know the Jews are behind it because why would people be giving Bitcoin an advantage this brand new thing if they haven't been giving the green light by the Jews, you know, the top Jews themselves? So. Um, that, that's the thing about that. Uh, I'm just looking at... Uh, I did not look at Daily Sperm or anything in a while. Um, yeah, I mean, we're on the road to revolution, and I want to play a little bit of this Mason interview, not too much of it, because that gets kind of boring, but this is, you know, this is where we're headed. Um, uh a company connected to Zog. No, I mean more connected to Zog, like the top levels of Zog. You know, a lot of these Jews, the, the, like I, this is why I'm saying that the Zog is a bunch of families. No, we're talking about companies that are getting um, specifically government contracts. And this guy's a nobody. How the fuck does the government know about his small little business and he's getting these 
really uh, luc- nah, I don't know how lucrative, but it keeps them in business from the government. And plenty of Jews get this. It's not just him. And this is how they they tie they they're tying in all these families, and these families they're not like white families. They they even if they don't like each other, they get they pass down they they inherit, um, they they spread the money around even when they hate each other. And this is the thing about the white race, you know, you can't even get you know people in a family to work together. They they destroy the business. You saw this in um. With certain companies, even high-level companies like U-Haul, they are like killing each other, <laughs> doing all kinds of stuff. I think they were white. I think U-Haul, the people behind U-Haul, and then Walgreens too. But they're also with Zog. But this is like what Eustace Mullins used to say: is the Wiggers that that cooperate with Zog lose their minds, and a lot of them become drug addicts. A lot of <coughs> Jews are drug addicts. <coughs> But the difference is the Jew, a lot of Jews are drug addicts and mentally ill and freaks and weirdos. But in the Jew, because the Jew is such a low thing, a low being, they don't ostracize each other for that. You know, sometimes, yes, it happens if somebody's maybe too much of a, a burden. Maybe they do. But for by and large... And even if that Jew is ostracized from his family, he can he can network with other crazy psychotic Jews, because those people are so fucking low that they'll take anybody as long as you can work with them. Oh, I see we have another guest here. Hello, guest five. Let me uh, unmute you here. Why isn't it unmuting you? Uh oh. Did I lose control of the chat? You are unmuted. Okay. You are muted. Um, oh, four left the chat. Anyways, um, so let me play a little bit of this fascinating. You guys have to listen. I got. I got to put this in my uh, awesome video section because what Mason talks about in this video, and and it's kind of makes me wince here, and, and it's kind of embarrassing. This guy is, Bob Larson, is, I guess he's a Christian, and he's saying, he's a total Zionist. He's, he bought into the whole thing. I mean, you can see this Bob Larson, he's, he's the host who's interviewing Mason here. He's, he knows on which side his bread is buttered. And he's saying this stuff because he doesn't want to get fired. He's got an easy job. He's one of these guys who can just talk. He sounds like he's on meth. He doesn't look like he's on drugs. He sounds like he's on drugs, though. Um, let me see. Ah, shit. It's not playing. I got problems with this computer. I don't know what happened, but it's always running hot now. It pisses me off. And if I have too many things open, it doesn't play certain shit. Ah, Jesus. What a joke. Crap. Maybe we'll put it over here. So, anyways, um... Let's see. Yeah, I was going to call into Martin's show, but, um... 
I, I had called in. I, maybe I should have sent him a message. I was already pretty tired. I think it was around 11, no, 12.30 already. And I was going to hit the sack, you know. Um, my days of staying up real late, I think that's that's going to, that's over. I've been, Fat Kike's been busy, man. Fat Kike has a lot to do these days. And I have been, like, uh, involved in so many different things in, in the last few weeks or eh, a couple weeks maybe that I've kind of neglected the website and all that kind of stuff. Um so I don't know, maybe I should just do a show once a week and um, I try to, you know, do more. But, you know, a lot of it has to do with whether people are posting stuff because um, that's probably better just from a, from my perspective because that's stuff that people are interested in and they want me to comment on it. And, and that's probably the better way to approach it than me. Like, you know, lots of times I just, I literally just go to the Google News or Drudge and just look at the, what, what are the interesting stories from our, you know, from a right-wing perspective. And then I, you know, I go off on it. But, um, so if nobody's, you know, posting anything, that means they're not looking at anything either and there's not a lot out there. Although, you know, podcasts or whatever. They're kind of hard to listen to, and I really don't care what um, people like. Uh, not so much Dicky, but like TRS and Renegades is the the latest thing that people are uh, latching on to because I don't know they're kind of weirdos. Okay, so let's play this. This is fascinating part of the interview. Let's play this from, uh, this is Bob Larson. I don't know who this guy is. He must be, I think this was at the time that uh, Mason was living out in Colorado. And this is a guy from Denver. And actually, Eustace used to talk about some guy in Denver, some radio host. And every he said that every time he came on the show, and had Eustace talk about what was going on in the Federal Reserve and all that, His, he was fired, or the show was taken off the air. And he said the guy, you know, he kind of felt sorry for the guy, because the guy, every time he had a show, he would call him, Eustace, hey, come on. I, I think the Tart didn't realize what was going on, or maybe he didn't, didn't care. I don't know. People are weird. But um, that was a guy who obviously didn't care about his job. But... uh so um yeah so so this is i think this is guy a guy from denver he must be he, he's high on something he must be high on he, he's rocky mountain high maybe um where are you guys have no comment you guys are are you guys falling asleep on me or are you listening to another show alternative that is the alternative do you believe he's going to lead this revolution from within without how is he going to do it his philosophy how how uh is jesus leading uh, his revolution. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. So what's embarrassing about this Bob Larson is, yeah, he's portraying himself as a, as a Christian, and he's completely misinterpreting the Bible. Not, not that the Bible uh, preaches revolution. I don't think it does, obviously. Um, but as Mason says in this interview, it's not about promoting revolution. I'm not promoting revolution. It's about this is inevitable. This is going to happen. It's just uh, who's going to get the upper leg in all this. And, and we definitely have to uh, pay attention to this because uh, we can take advantage of it and win, you know. So 
the thing about and that and this is another thing looking at Mason and how how I know there's so many tards and phonies in the movie. They're trying to say this guy's Jewish. Oh my gosh, he's one of the most Anglo-Saxon looking dudes I have seen in a long time. In fact, these are the kind of guys I used to see when I was younger, and they seem to vanish. They have they all had the horn rim glasses, and you know the real like '60s glasses. <laughs> Anyway, let's listen to, oh yeah, I wanted to say, yeah, Bob Mars, Bob Larson is talking of Christianity and saying that, we, you know, he uses this quote, uh, if we bless the Jews, he, if you, no, if you curse them, uh, you, God will curse you, and if you bless them, God will bless you. And he's totally misread, the Jews are Esau, they're not even part of, if ever, anybody's Israel, we, we are Israel. So and that's why I probably listen to Martin's show, it's his CI show. But um, oh yeah, and I so what happened last night was I was, you know, gay mans are called in, and I wasn't gonna you know call in right away. I was just gonna see how long he lasted, and finally Martin just muted him. So I said, okay, well, that's over with. I'm gonna call in, you know, about a half hour. I'll just talk for about a half hour, and then. Um, you know, Mark, I'll hang up and go to bed because I was tired. So I was, I called in, and I probably should, I could have sent Martin a message and said, "Hey, I'm, I want to call in," but I was already getting sleepy. I didn't want to do that, so I just waited to see if he would notice me. And about 15 minutes later, he lost his chat. You know, he he noticed me, but he didn't have 15 minutes later. He didn't have control of the chat, and um, then I sent him a thing. Um, and then he, he it took him like 15 minutes. So I was already, I, I said, I sent him a message. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to sleep. Um, and, uh, and yeah. Okay. So let's play this little clip. After having been dead for 2000 years, but not by an ideology, by his living presence inside our soul. And that's the difference. Does Charlie, that's does Charlie spend spirit live inside you as much as Jesus lives inside of you? The spirit of Charlie Manson is as much in you as Jesus is. Oh, by the way, this is, you could never, I, I'm really surprised he even has a conversation with this guy. Because this guy is so, like, uh, the shaming tactics. Like, are you kidding me? What, what, you know, very, very immature. Not, not a, a mature conversation at all. I mean, you can't even talk to tards like this. You can't even have reason... I mean, he's a baby, but he's an old tard now. I mean, he looks like he's in his 50s here. So maybe he's only in his 40s. I'm talking about Bob Larson. He's probably in his 60s or 70s now. But So he's never going to be part of anything, you know, revolution or not. But um, what's good about this clip, and the reason I'm playing it, is uh, a lot of what Mason talks about in Siege, he sums up here. So let's take a, take a listen. Does it mean the philosophy... What is the philosophy of Charlie Manson? Universal order. Universal order. Universal order. This is the symbol of your organization, it's universal the, order, right the, here. The scales of justice, perfectly balanced. No, 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 no. The scales of justice superimposed with a Nazi swastika. Well, that is uh, perfect justice. No, that is not perfect justice. That is the symbol of hate. Hate. No, the media has made it out Six to be... Six million people dead. Hate, sir. Well, that's another lie, oh, Bob. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're one of those lie. Holocaust revisionists, too. You change anything that doesn't fit into your narrow, bigoted, hateful mindset. Oh, no. You do want to bring about violent revolution. It's going to happen on its own. 
No, 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 one, no, can, no one can stop it. No one. Charlie Matt. Yeah, I mean, this talk about whether it's going to happen or if it's going to happen, it's kind of uh, ridiculous because, of course, it's, of course it's going to happen. You know, there, it's inevitable. It, and this is what I was talking about before, about organic certainties. That there's certain times in history, just like the French Revolution was... You know, the, the problem with liberals is they're very into cause and effect, and that is not organic thinking. Organic thinking is there's not reasons behind a lot of things. They just happen a certain way. Recorded live. You are unmuted. Leaders of things out there. Uh, it's difficult to find something that's really officially structured to support, you know, the launches. <laughs> That's why, you know, kind of the more unofficial direction is uh, the way to go, I guess. Yeah, I like this Adam Lawson Division dot org flyer. Says uh, what matters is not identity, but our message through our action in comedy make our message out of that word. Uh, <laughs> I don't know some big brain in us. Made that for the college campus, I guess. People with a larger vocabulary, possibly. Uh, I mean, I went to university, but I was not a major in trying to memorize the dictionary. But uh, I don't know what uh, you mean by identity doesn't matter. Basically, what identity politics, you know, is just means racial politics. I know they're saying that doesn't matter, just our message. <laughs> but, and it shows, like, a skull with a helmet. Uh, I guess, I mean, basically, the theme is their message is just terrorism and violence or something. And uh, chaos, I guess. And it says, join your local Nazis congregating near you. A lot of these flyers basically come off as it could be kind of like a 
the Antifa basically trolling and how they would kind of make a Nazi group and kind of go over the top with it and make it something that's kind of uh, toxic and uh, give the media what they want that you know, pro-whites are just uh, you know, terrorists and violent. You know, I mean, because basically the Trump and the, his regime administration declared all pro-white uh, you know, from the Charlottesville, all of those involved in that are all terrorists. Yeah. He was saying there's violence on both sides and uh, some people thought, you know, the alt-right thought that Trump was going to declare the Antifa as a terrorist organization, which I'm not sure if they did or not. But I think uh, he decided to reverse that statement and just said only the alt-right are the terrorists and uh, left the Antifa alone. I mean, I may be wrong about that. Maybe he just calls them all terrorists. But uh, the media got on him about that, and the Jews must have said, no, let's just go with uh, the Nazis or the terrorists, the Antifa or the good guys that didn't do nothing. (laughs) I think that's the result and what I would expect from uh, this Jewish system. I mean, that makes more sense. Slowest damn host I've ever heard. Really? sing that song today, I don't think. At least six million Jews? Absolutely so. And we can shed no tears for any of them. Yes, because... You wish he he would have killed six million Jews? If he had, we wouldn't be stuck with him over here today. And you also wish that John Hinckley would have shot President Reagan and killed him? It would have provoked uh, quite a few queries, yes. It would have uh, livened things up a good bit. Don't use that kind of language on me. It would have enlivened things up. It would have broken the boredom, if you like another term. Broken the boredom? If Hinckley would have been successful in murdering President Reagan? People are bored in this country. Bob, why do you think soap operas are so popular? No, 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 no. Programs like yours, to hear people like me. What is this language that you're using? Putting a bullet through the head of President Reagan would have broken the border? It wasn't necessarily through his head. Well, anywhere. Would have murdered him. Would have killed him. Would have, would have gotten rid of the border. Reagan was not an important person. You don't understand. Uh, these, these government bureaucrats aren't, aren't important people. They're, they're just uh, interchangeable parts. Well, of, I understand. Of a, of a huge... Yeah, I mean, he makes a good point, and that's probably why presidents don't get killed anymore, because it's more true today than ever. You know, back in the day presidents actually had a little bit of power when they had more independence, but I think after they killed Kennedy the way they killed him, that was all over. 
but even the the few presidents before him, uh, you know, uh, who was it? Truman, Eisenhower, and Roosevelt. They're just zogbots, you know, especially Truman. And Eisenhower was just like another George Bush or George W. Bush. He was a real moron. He's like, he graduated like last in his class. <laughs> and they called him a Swedish Jew. And he had that face like a baby. You know, like, no, you can tell how some people have, you know, messed up genetics. They have a, no matter how old they get, their face is like a baby. Um, not necessarily a baby face, but just, uh, his whole, he's bald and everything. But anyway, um, he talks about how these people are not important. And back in the day, I think that was probably, this is, this interview is actually from the 1990s. If he was, you know, he wasn't being interviewed in the 80s. So you could see that this is already kind of more, um, that things got more radicalized and they would let people like this on the radio. I, I never heard it. You know, it, you'd never get somebody like this in the Midwest. But out in Denver, probably, you know, people are bored out there. Um, so, yeah, so he, he's saying, um, I mean, people kind of know that anyway, that they're interchangeable. But now you got this Trump guy just doing all this pro-Jew stuff. It's just disgusting. Reagan was the same way, you know. He was the same way. Machine. I've got one of your flyers here. I understand this is a flyer from your book. Mm -hmm. Strew the streets with the bodies of the bureaucrats. Absolutely. I'll settle for impeaching Clinton. I don't want his body dead on the streets. Uh, The the crimes that these people have done to this country and and, uh, the people of this country, uh, you should not just uh, turn them out of office with a nice uh, pension. That's not good. Shoot them. They they deserve uh, capital uh, punishment, yes. Who who deserves capital Anyone who participates in this government, in this system. Anyone, any government. So what you're saying, if the Nazis took high, over... High crim- they're the high Nazi, criminals. If the Nazis, Nazis took over, it would be murder. It wouldn't be murder. They it would, would be, be genocide. Legally executed. Legally executed. Tried and executed. Their crimes would be brought out on uh, national... Yeah, he doesn't... Uh, this guy, Bob Larson, doesn't understand. The law just represents the, the establishment. It's their law. So if there's a different establishment, if there's a national socialist establishment... They're going to have their own laws, and this is why these people aren't going to be able to handle the future. They're not going to be able to handle a change in government, a whole different regime, a whole different mindset, a whole different way of going about things, and a whole bunch of different rules. No more leftism and and no more tolerance and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so a lot of people, and I, I didn't really realize that. I mean, I probably realized it on a subconscious level, but I... Yeah, the law is not the same all the time. It serves the, the interest of whoever's in power. It's just that simple. And I think this is what you know. what's discrediting Zog so much is they don't even follow their own laws. Their laws on the books would <laughs> throw them all in jail, uh, would put them all in jail. So that's why, and I think even Eustace Mullins used to talk about, that's why they're so paranoid. Because if you, you could use Zog's own laws on them. And they would all, like, the RICO statutes and the laws on conspiracy and all that kind of stuff. It's a joke. National television in front of the people, and the people would be screaming for their blood. You, you, you are looking at me 
through those dark-rimmed glasses that that make you look like a bean counter. I mean, you look like the local account. You look like you ought to be preparing somebody's IRS return. What should I you're look like? You're sitting there in that pinstripe suit. What should I advo- look like, Bob? You're advocating murder and terrorism. You're advocating the violent overthrow of the government. I'm telling you what's on the way, Bob. It wouldn't do me any good to advocate clever, anything. Clever, sir. Clever, sir. I've, I understand people how like you and how you manipulate terminology. You're not dealing with a village idiot sitting across from the board over here, sir. What you are- you're, not, <laughs> you're not dealing with the village idiot now he's accusing him of what he's doing and what al zog's doing this whole thing oh you're manipulating the conversation and stuff no no that i mean you're just saying your beliefs um if anything that the liberals do that more than any but this is just shows you the kind of chasm there is between a a liberal and somebody on the uh, right wing is that there's no areas of agreement, there's no reasoning with these people. Um, either they go or we go. One, one of these, and they represent the past, so they're going to go. You know, the right wing represents the future. But um, I don't know, I really enjoyed this interview. This guy has got a lot of energy. It's crazy. What you are doing is manipulating the terminology. You, you say it in such a way as that you cannot be in any way indicted for... You are unmuted. It's the inevitable. It's going to come. But you are fomenting it. You are the person advocating it. And there are unstable young people out there who are really screwed up, messed up lives because of a hateful, abusive society who are going to buy into... Yeah, I mean, he just says that, says that the Lazag liberalist society screwed up. Will you let the damn clip finish and shut the hell up? Oh. Oh. Oh, who brought this idiot back here? I want answers. Who sounded like Roddy Kemp was this talking back here? I don't know why you. that guy. I unmuted him just to see if he would say anything. I'll choke you. Um, that's, what's his name? I forgot the guy's name. It's not important. But he's saying, it's hilarious. He's saying that these people are all screwed up, and it's the system that we're living under. So <laughs> he kind of incriminates himself, this guy Larson. What you say as their hope for the future. That's what's dangerous about you. It's our constitutional right. It's in the Constitution. If we find ourselves stuck with to a shoot tyranny. The president? If we find ourselves stuck with a tyranny to shoot and a criminal government, that's what's behind to, to keep and bear arms. If we can't vote them out, then we must shoot them out. Just in order to preserve ourselves, you, you, to you, defend ourselves. You, you're not only dangerous, you're crazy. There's your picture, teaching in school, but you're not a school teacher. I was a uh, guest guest speaker. In a school? Guest, a guest speaker, yes. In a public speaker. school? Yes. Sure. They let you in a public school? Of course. Year, year after year, twice a year. Talk about Nazis? I thought we were, I mean, I, mean, I knew we let witches and lesbians in. What, I didn't uh, know that we like, like kooks like you, too. We're not on the air, are we? No, we're okay. not on the air. Now. Whatever happened to freedom of speech? Freedom of speech. Yeah. I think a freedom of speech ought to end at the classroom door. Yeah, <laughs> these guys don't believe in the Constitution. He makes a really good point that the Constitution itself says you can throw, you know, well, I don't know if it's the Constitution. It's more like the uh, Declaration of Independence and the whole movement back then of, of democracy, you know, with Thomas Jefferson saying the Tree of Liberty has to... Uh, be what is it sprinkled with a little blood <laughs> for the blood of ever of revolution every twenty five years or whatever. Um, 
so he's he's not liking that. He's a total reactionary, and um, it's hilarious. What I forgot what he just said. It doesn't matter. Let's just keep going. Because the purpose is to instruct our pupils in what they ought to believe, not a smorgasbord of what they Oh, yeah, yeah. He says uh, he believes freedom of speech should end at the school class door or some schoolroom door. Which, like, it doesn't even make sense. This is stupidity. I mean, it kind of shows you in the 90s, this guy is pretty typical. You could not even have a real conversation with these people. Um, and, you know, they this kind of fool everybody into thinking, well, everybody's the same and every opinion is as good as the, each other's. But if you notice, like, Clayson is kind place. of struggling to talk to you this guy me? on his level. Shut him up. And he's trying to. Shut him up. And this guy is just having none of it. It's real. It's kind of funny, actually. Might believe. Who decides what anybody ought to believe? How do you determine that? Who decides that? that? Yeah, and how do you determine it? Intelligent, rational people who have a good basis for deciding it. But the definition of decency varies. No, it doesn't. Not from from decade to decade. Not from this book, sir. Not from this book. Bob in Portland. Bob. Hi. Hi. Yeah, he was holding up the Bible. He's saying it doesn't. Yeah, the problem with the people, these these evangelicals, is that that's, you know, the kingdom that Jesus is building is not of this world. So he's getting confused. And the other thing is, he, there's not a political program in the Bible, and, and certainly not in Jesus, in his teachings or writing. In fact, like I said before, they wanted to appoint him a political ruler or make him some kind of politician. He had no, he wanted no part of it. So, um, it, this is kind of the, the thing you have to deal with in Christianity, these kind of people who are just average people who have been brainwashed, and I don't even think it's the churches who are behind it. I think these people were nigger lovers way before they got in the church. Uh, you know, people like gay or likes to blame the church. Well, just because these people are in the church. And I guess, you know, some... Uh, some, uh, you know, some people are like, um, you know, go, so some churches actually promote this kind of stuff with the, with the, the you know, but they, they do it for money. They want you to give the church money because they're going to give this money to niggers or something like that. You know, they're not giving any of that money away. They're keeping it themselves. It's just cynicism in in the, it's just with throughout the whole society. You know, when 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 a scam artist does it in business, he's called a successful businessman. When the church does it, they they're oh my god, it's the worst thing in the world. And it's just a, used as a, like a hammer. This is what I can't stand about a lot of people in the movement. Um, and this guy Bob Larson's doing the same thing. They find one little thing that you say. And they hammer away at it like it's the only thing that matters. And like with the whole Manson thing, it's not even important. He's not even like I would would even say he's a disciple of Manson. He's just saying Manson provides the uh, template for the revolution, where the revolution is headed. He's not supporting him, really. Or I guess he compares him kind of to Hitler and stuff like that. But, you know, Manson's not a white – he wasn't a white nationalist. You know, or his white nationalism was real kind of strange. So, and, you know, it's not important. He's he's a mamzer, is a little mamzer mamlet. But, um, um, so that's kind of what's interesting. Uh, yeah, let's, let's keep listening to this guy. 
Mr. Mason, yes. I have read your book. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. And it's the definitely the most radical book I've ever read. We try. Bar none. Um, the, the thing I was, I was wondering is uh, mostly concerns with your involvement uh, during the uh, 70s and uh, the 80s. Yes. Uh, what do you think today? Uh, I know that uh, George Lincoln... Oh, by the way, this is amazing. This guy who calls in is, you know, agrees with everything Mason says. He's a real... Uh, he doesn't sound like a crazy right-winger type that people think. He's a total norm, normal guy. And he's the first, you know, this was back... I mean, this guy Larson is pretty fair. The show is pretty fair because they let this guy... I think he's the first caller... And he agrees with pretty much everything Mason says. Lincoln Rockwell uh, spoke with the Nation of Islam in the 60s. That was the head of the American Nazi Party. Right. Yes, sir, that's and, true. Uh, at that time, I mean... Uh, and he received a standing ovation. It was in Chicago in February of 1962. Right. So what's your point, Bob? Get to your point. That, that, that black nationalism and white nationalism are truly the way of the future. Do you think that, uh, that the races will split apart in that way and uh, that... The revolution would be taken from there against the capitalist machine. If they're going to survive as races, they'll have to separate. Bob? Yes. Are you lauding this? I mean, that's pretty much, you know, a pretty profound statement. If the races are going to survive, because they're trying to, you know, mix us all together, they're going to have to separate. So he's talking, you know, what I've never heard right-wingers talk like this, you know, to be honest with you. It's inevitable. It's not anything you even have to work towards. Man's book. Beg your pardon? Are you seeing this as a good book? Uh, this is an excellent book. This is the book that's that also. Read. No, no, sir. This is a book that. This is a book that advocates violent terrorism. Hey, that's the only way to do it. Democracy is dead. Sir, you are advocating violent terrorism, and he said he wished the bullet would have killed President Reagan. Do you agree? Reagan, Ford. Yes or no? Do you want them all dead? Yep. What are you, Bob? Besides as crazy and kooky as this guy? I'm a revolutionary. I believe that the old standards of, of, of the left wing and the right wing are dead. I believe that true revolutionism is the only way to go. And, and you want Charlie book, you want Charlie Manson to lead the only book do you want, that, that, that stands up today to true as the true ideology. I believe that anyone who thinks they're radical ought to read this book. I got Brian on the line right now in Euclid, Ohio. Brian? Hi there, Bob. Yes, sir. I got a couple of points to make. Number one. Yeah, I, this this is cause funny. I don't know why. He's uh, This is a Jew who's calling in and Bob, he doesn't even talk. He just lets Bob Larson just defends him, which is, which is kind of happened all the time. I mean, you can't get to these Jews because these Wiggers are protecting them. It's totally disgusting. One, I'm Jewish. Number two, I am also a believer in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes you doubly hated by the man across from me. I welcome his hatred. He's sitting here grinning. This guy, you got, you got to see what this man looks like. I mean, he looks like your local accountant. I don't mean to insult accountants, but he looks like your local accountant. All right, he looks a little bit like a lawyer, too. Well, you know, Maybe a low-level lawyer. Certainly nobody who could make it in the firm, but this is this looks like a, a low-level lawyer. This looks like somebody who's just... Heinrich Himmler looked like a chicken farmer. That's true. He was a chicken farmer. On the side. I stand corrected. This man is smiling. He's grinning. Yeah, this Jew is kind of scared of Larson. If if you if you he's like he goes, I stand corrected. He's scared. Jews are legitimately scared of Nazis. <laughs> it's the most successful anti-Jew movement. Ever. I mean, they are scared of these people, and you can kind of hear it. But 
unfortunately, this guy doesn't get to even ask his question or anything. Bob Larson just butt, butts in and kind of cuts him off. And I just want to... At the other end of the phone line, excuse me, at the other end of the phone line, James, is a man who's Jewish. Yes. You want him dead? You wish, he's, you wish a, he's a racial alien. A what? A racial alien. You're an alien to intelligence and civility, sir. So say you, Bob. Are you saying I'm E.T. or something? You're more E.T. than E.T. Just because he's Jewish. Yes. Just be, you know what God says about this, sir? If you bother to read the book, Genesis, and now listen to Genesis. I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and thou shalt be a blessing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So here's where he goes into the... Yeah, I'll bless thee. Who I bless those who bless you, and I curse those who curse you. It, it, he's <laughs> we've been nothing nice to Jews, nothing but nice to Jews, and shit has just gone down the, the toilet. It's just being so you know these aren't the people that are being referenced in the Bible. It's total, <laughs> it's total nonsense. So he's he's misinterpreting it, but he's I guess he's like a Christ. He was a Christard guy. Actually, I give Bob Larson, this kind of guy, some credit because he's willing to, even if he's being kind of a dick about it, you know, guys like Donahue, would, they, he would have people not like Mason on, but he would have white nationalists, but he would always, you know, revisionists and white nationalists, he would always cut them off. He, would, he was much more uh, clever, I think, in, in kind of shutting down these, these, uh, the ability of these people to get their message out. So, um, this guy is actually not that bad of a guy. He's just representing, you know, this kind of uh, other side, this liberalism, like kind of over the top. And he's the one who looks like, what's funny, he's the one who looks like the maniac here. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him who curses you. And in case you don't think that uh, applies anymore, think of what's happened to every nation that has persecuted the Jewish people. Where's Greece? Where's Rome? They died in racial... Oh, he said... Okay, so this Jew is saying that Greece and Rome... These Jews never... They can't create civilization. Civilization... And this is the whole organic theory of... That, that civil, a culture uses up the race. And that's what happened in Greece and Rome, and there's nothing you can do about it. It just happens, and they rise and they fall. I think it's a little different with the West because um, there were still places where white people could go back in the Greek uh, ancient civilization times, the ancient times, so to speak. There's no – you could go to, you know, uh, be live with the barbarians. I, I'm sure there's some people who did that went off and left Rome and just decided, like, just like there's probably American, well, maybe not a lot, but uh, people who go live in Russia, you know, outside the West or, you know. So uh, there was a place to go. There's no place for white people to go today. We either are going to hold on to our lands and fight for them and keep it uh, racially as pure as we can, or it's, you know, it's, it's over, it's finished. And I don't think it's over or finished, you know. Schultz, degeneration. We're Nazi Germany. Sir, you're cursed. You are cursed. Funny, I don't feel cursed. You don't have to feel cursed because you have so immunized your soul to any spiritual touch from God. You have so seared your soul by the hate which has consumed it. You don't have any ability to feel it right now. And that's the sad part about it. I appreciate your sympathy, Bob. I'm not offering you sympathy. I'm offering you a warning. The Bible says you're cursed. <laughs> 
Somehow, somehow I'm not uh, too concerned. Well, there's a merciful and gracious God who is not slack concerning his promises, but is long-suffering, and he's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. And the gentleman that you're talking to right now is blessed, doubly blessed, because he is a child of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, More. and he is blessed additionally because he's part of the vine grafted in, and he is a joint heir with Jesus Christ, too. He is doubly blessed. You're doubly, triply, quadruply cursed. I want to ask you what the Third Reich is today. If it was so great, if Hitler was so wonderful, in your book you talk about him leading people to victory. He didn't lead to victory. He died. People. He died at his own hands in a bunker. And how did Jesus wind up? Hanging he from a cross from an empty tomb and is alive. All right. Well, that's enough of that. I mean, it's kind of that was kind of the interesting part where uh, Mason sums up a lot of what what's in siege and stuff like that. Not not the specific details, just the general outline. And, and I actually like that. This actually interview is actually fantastic. Um. So here's here's some other stuff. So he said, you know, the thing about Mason though is he's saying that Western civilization is dead. But it really isn't. It's just, um, it's in decline. You know, like, um, like, what's his name? Like, Spengler wrote about, you know? And it, it's, I think it's, for a lot of people, the end of Zog, the end of liberalism, is kind of like the end of, of, of the West. But the West is going to live on. You know, or or it's going to go and if the Jews win, it's going to go extinct. I don't think the Jews are going to win. I don't think they can. They can, like like somebody was pointing out in my chat, the the, the, the um niggers and Jews. They're not going to not the Jews. The niggers are not going to listen. The, the colored people are not going to listen. They don't want Jews around either. And I don't know how they. I think they think that. Um, they can do the same thing with those colored races that they did with the whites, but there's still plenty of whites around. The Jews have really ramped everything up way too much in the, in the last. Uh, sorry about that. That's just my phone. In the last um, 20 years, they have gone full. I mean, they've made everything completely obvious. I mean, this stuff was all hidden, and very few people like Mason. And George Lincoln Rockwell and some people in the right wing, uh, Tomasi, they realized what was going on. I I had no idea, I, and I didn't know anybody who had any idea. I, I I didn't know anybody who ever talked like this. In fact, the first time I was, uh, I think I was um, exposed to the right wing was was Yaki's Imperium, where you know it was really laid out fantastically, as from my perspective. And very intelligently and uh, rationally, and uh, he explained it from the big picture perspective, which which is what I needed. I the kind of blue collar guys who are t like Pierce and even Mason to a certain extent and Metzger. I had to know the whole big picture before I could understand where they were coming from. Otherwise, I had no no idea. But these guys, the working class guys, they could already see. That where this thing was going and who was behind it and all that kind of stuff. It was really their time, you know. It wasn't for uh, people like me. Um, so I'm just looking at the comments in the chat here. Alert, yeah. Yeah, they're complaining he's got a whiny voice, and Papa Twat says in the chat, yeah, if I had a uh, 
pitched whiny voice like that, I would win every debate. Well, he didn't really win, and he kind of made himself look bad. Um, you'll win, I guess, with low-level people, maybe, or the masses, but he didn't win here. I mean, Mason's excellent because he's not coming off as as a kind of a, a raving lunatic, which is what they think of. He's very soft-spoken, and he's very to the point, and, and what do you call it? Um, yeah, he doesn't go on and on. The guy who's doing the talking mostly is, is Bob Larson, and he's not getting anywhere with this. He's just trying to shame him. Um, but it's amazing that they've they've preserved this all this video stuff of, of these guys. I'm sure they never thought that it would ever be seen again, like Metzger's Race and Reason and stuff like that. Um, where is okay? Let's listen to what Mason. This is Mason on race. Simply and, this: that, this is Mason on race and reason. Um, and by the way, he does totally look like an accountant or lawyer. He even says that in Siege. Uh, you would never think he's all about revolution and stuff. But um, yeah, so here he's on race and reason. It's a short clip talking about the death of, death of the West. With the death of Adolf Hitler and the close of the Second World War in 1945, Western civilization, as it had existed and as, as it is still perceived, died once and for all. The only thing that was left now was a gene pool. The white people of these various nations and each, each uh, government of the respective nations was, as you would say, just a front office for the one uh, conspiracy the anti-white world conspiracy of the super-capitalist, super-communists. Okay, but so many people, and especially the right, and these conservative types, went on in the belief that there was still a Western civilization, still a Western culture, that the institutions and the governments were still somehow theirs, still workable, or at worst, still salvageable. In other words, your position was... We're much worse off than what we thought. All that you can forget about. This is what Manson says, but he says it more eloquently than I do. This okay, he's talking about Manson. I, it's kind of um, what what he's talking about is actually what um, Yaki explained, where things were supposed to change. The, the Nazis were not supposed to lose. Things were supposed to change in World War II, and everything was supposed to get much more racial and racially aware and right wing and all this uh, national socialist. Um, but the Jews subverted that, obviously, and, and the liberals too. Um, so he's saying, and what Yaki uses the term that they're dragging, basically dragging a dead, a dead corpse through history with keeping these democratic institutions going and liberalism going and everything um, uh, that compromises that or everything that, that, that includes that, encompasses that is the word I'm looking for. So... We still got a lot of technology out of it. I don't know. Some of this technology, though, is is just it's out of control, really. I mean, if you think about something like Bitcoin, it's just a made up currency that they made. The price, it literally, the price can fluctuate thirty percent in one day. <laughs> it's just nuts. It's just more of this kind of gambling casino uh, economy that we have, which you know you have to be able to uh, operate in it. Uh, you know, otherwise you're not going to make it. You're not going to have money. So. It's a sad, you know, people who who can't, and there are people, and this is the whole thing with, um, you know, pitting everybody against each other. 
this this always gives the advantage to the lower person because even the tards in my chat and stuff you can't um there's nothing you can say to these people you know that that are ever going to put them in their place you have to do it physically and the, and the only way you could ever do that physically is with a different government so he he's talking about how the west died when hitler uh, was was unsuccessful because and that these institutions that are going on are really I, – I, we can listen to more of his point. We're about halfway through it. But um, the Jews have completely just overtaken it. But they're, they're just – it's just this, why things are so boring today and have been – I think things have been massively boring since uh, the end of World War II. All this kind of – all they gave you was TV and – uh, music and it's not nothing. That's not gonna, enough to make life interesting for people. So um, even those people were all on drugs. They were so bored <laughs> doing drugs. <clears throat> all right, let me finish it with this. This is over with, and we're starting from year zero. Starting from, and we have to get ourselves squared away, each one individually. He says, uh, pick up the history books and read them backwards. So as to get all that out of your mind, because it's just cluttering up your mind. You can't uh, see things straight. Just uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, number one, and he was applying this to the, uh, his situation in the Soviet Union, number one, don't be part of the lie. Don't cooperate. Right. Don't cooperate. Do not, don't even, don't pay lip service. Just do not be part of the lie. And, and in the next line, he said, one word of truth is more powerful than the entire world. In other words, like going down to vote and getting ser getting right. all stirred up about who's going to run for office right. and, and which jerk is going to be the president next. And to do that, you validate. Oh, yeah, exactly. All that stuff, the, not not just the, the, poli the political BS. Yeah, you know how many times I heard they lo liberals love to talk about it, and they love to hate the uh, conservatives like the Republicans. And they would talk to you about that's the only thing they would talk to you about the fake the fake stuff they would talk to you about. They would never talk to you about national socialism or changing the government or anything like that. Those people would react like Bob Larson, and that's do you know how how numerous those people are? You're talking about millions and millions of people. You're talking about most of the people in the jobs today. You cannot say anything real to them. It's horrible. It's just a horrible way to, to, to exist. I don't know how people survive. It's it's just amazing to me. But um he's saying, Yeah, don't and, and it's not it wasn't just um talking about politics and you know, 'cause that that was already kind of discredited after Reagan. It was talking about every anything, you know, um sports is a favorite thing. And just all the details of Zog. You know, the only thing I would talk about was probably music, just because I knew something about it, and if somebody wants to talk about it, that's fine. I don't care. But um, the, the other stuff, think about a time before the Internet. There was literally nothing to talk about. It was so fucking boring. It's bad now, because... You can, talk to, you can talk about it, talk to people about it, and see stuff about it on the Internet. But in real life, oh, God, no. And even the ones who are posing in real life uh, as representatives of these kind of ideas, um, they're just reactionaries, too. 
You know, they're, they're trying, they see that the revolution is coming. They see things are getting radical radicalized and they're posing as radicals but they have nothing radical in their agenda planned i wanted somebody posted last in my last show just a whole bunch of stuff about uh from com about one supporting israel i think it was written by colin lydell oh my gosh i could not even read that piece of crap there were so many words there and he's going on and on, and you can't even get to the point. They can't even get to the point. And that's kind of how you know you're dealing with a fraud. If somebody can't tell you what they're about in a direct way, you know, you know, and sum it all up. If you if you notice in that um, Bob Larson uh, uh, interview with Mason that I played earlier, Bob Larson is doing most of the talking. He's not saying anything. And every time Mason talks, it's very, very abrupt, very short, and he's getting right to the point. He's getting to pre- uh, brass tacks, as they say. And um, whereas Bob Larson's deflecting, constantly deflecting. And that's, that's a lot of what we have in our movement, too. We have a lot of these people get to the front. That's how you can tell they're phonies. Whether all these people are providing content, they never get to the point. Yeah, they stimulate people because they talk about racial issues, and it's, oh, that's like so. That's how pathetic our society was. You couldn't even talk about anything, and now you got these, you know, phony all kike tards saying, oh, you know, we're white people need to, you know, uh, defend themselves. Oh my God! Or what? What was that thing? It's okay to be white. Oh my! It's like the lamest slogan I've ever heard, but oh man, people were triggered on the left, on the right, everywhere. Oh my God, it's okay to be white. Like You can see the society is com- uh, comprised of just children. This is like a way of the children, like I, and I, I mentioned this before about the Lord. You should read that Lord of the Flies book if you like reading fiction, because that guy, Lord Fielding or whoever wrote it, um, yeah, he's basically saying this the society this is a society of children. You know, liberalism is, is for children it's for grown up children. And anybody with any kind of maturity, man, you are talk about alienated from the society. It's horrible. So, um Yeah, I mean that's kind of where we are today with this. I gotta check the chat. I haven't looked at um what's going on in the chat here. Oh, sorry, guess seven. Uh, call is okay. Guest six says call into uh, man. My my thing's not uh, my thing's not going. Okay, call into game and show. Fat. No, I'm not going to call. He wants to have a, no. There's no truce with it. He's not white. I'm not talking to a non-white about white issues. That's crazy. Oh man, I see Kyle. Guess seven. This is why Trump's Jews are going to keep whitey around. Uh, bring back the factory jobs. So there's no, they're not going to bring back any jobs. It's a bunch of horseshit. There's no. So wiggers won't organize and start talking. Yeah, there's not going to be any jobs. Not only is there not going to be any jobs, a lot of wiggers. You know the problem. You see this in in uh, Greece and Rome too. Um, you know, part of the reason they're saying, you know, part of the degeneration is being poisoned. And they're saying that um, I somebody told me I think I don't think I read it somewhere that in Rome what made the Romans go crazy is that they they were using these dishes that were were made from lead they they had lead in the dishes 
So everything they ate and and uh, drank from had lead in it. So if your body and that destroys the better people because a, a better person, a more highly developed person, is much more sensitive. That's much. That that's not uh, easy. Constant. That person doesn't have an easy constitution. That person's affected by these kind of poisons. So the society starts poisoning itself, and, and that's part of the. The degeneration. We have the same thing. We have a much more technological advanced society than the Greeks and Romans. But they already were having problems with this kind of poisoning. And the funny thing is, you don't hear about what they were doing. They probably were drinking a lot of alcohol. And one thing that I did notice from studying Rome is they had whole cities, like not cities, towns really, devoted to sex. The whole town. And they uncovered this, all this kind of like, uh, you know, penises on the ground pointing to where I like the guys were if you want to have sex. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.